Hello and welcome to another Cage Club Revisited. This is episode 42, City of Angels, from 1998, 1999, when's this movie from? Uh, 98. This is the movie immediately following Face Off, immediately following his action trilogy, I Am Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. If you want to hear our original episode, which I think we were probably guest list for, uh, you can go back to episode 31 of Cage Club Prime, coming off that high of action week into this... His uh, his cool-down movie. Lull? He's cooling off in this one, you know what I mean? Like, he was just running around with a lot of explosions for a while, and now, and now he's, he's just, just going to st- sit on stuff that's kind of high up. So this is closing out our <laughs> month of love here in ah. February, because we did Zondali, the most romantic. Why isn't everyone talking about that all the time? Movie that Cage has ever done. Now we're doing City of Angels, which again, is not very romantic, but well, sort of know. fits in that theme. Next month, we've already decided we're going to do, because March is a weird month weather-wise, mm-hmm. we're doing sort of, in a, in a weird sense, a month of weather. <laughs> so next month's movies, not sure of the order yet, are going to be the Humanity Bureau and uh, Frozen, Frozen Ground. Ground. Because one is uh, sort of like a desert landscape and really warm, and the other is a very cold ice landscape. Actually, I'm making right? a, a judgment call here. The first movie, the next one we're going to do is The Frozen Ground. Starring <laughs> you gotta, Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, Vanessa Hudgens, 50 Cent. you got to work your way up to... Dean uh, Winter. Winters. To the Humanity Bureau again. I got that one on Blu-ray, though. I, this year, you know, with Mom and Dad, I started buying the Blu-rays, but now 4K Cage exists. I have 4K knowing in 4K Cage. So, that's great. Yeah, and Lord of War is about to come out in 4K, so we'll be doing those sooner rather than later. But... Uh, we have the City of Angels DVD now, because we are mm-hmm. in the 90s, firmly in the 90s. <laughs> so if you want to uh, get it ready, and we're going to hit play movie on the menu in three, two, one, play. play. And right. we'll see where this puts us. Here we go. Warner Brothers. Um, so if you want to go to cageclub.me slash games, download a Cage Club movie bingo bingo card. Mm-hmm. That would be good. You can play along with us. We're going to be figuring out... See if either of us win. It's a little early. Uh, I'm having trouble, like, memorizing my card. <laughs> so the uh, the sad news, I mean, this movie is based on uh, Wings of Desire. Yes. And the star, I think, of Wings of Desire just died, the guy who was from Downfall. Oh, wow, that's right. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and Peter Fox in that movie as himself. That's the main thing, other thing I remember. So we have Cage just, you know, Whoa. Cage is an angel in this movie. Early Cage. He right looks very bat. gaunt. He looks like death. Yeah, good call. He almost looks like the Reaper. Well, want him to grab, grab a base and start. I'm going to say wacky wardrobe, not for him specifically, but when well, everyone is just in all black, I think it's a very uh, yeah. odd, specific choice. That's from the original. That's a carryover, like in Wings of Desire, the angels were very nondescript. They just look like people in trench coats and... Uh, I did like your tweet about uh, the hotel full of kids saying where you just right. hashtag City of Angels. I also crossed off on my bingo card adaptation and religion or spirituality. Oh, there you go. Because those are for sure. It's like immediate. I'm also going to cross off Cage Club Podcast Network crossover because this movie does star Meg Ryan, who we will get to sooner rather than later. Oh, yes. On Hanks for the Memories. Oh, so. It's funny. I was watching Frasier, waiting for you to get over here, and Frasier was trying to rent a video at the video store. And on his way out, I spied Turner and Hooch on, on VHS. On VHS wow. in Frasier. Thought that was funny. You will get there too soon in Hanks for the Memories. Let's see. Oh man, I know he's going to do a bunch of this stuff. 
I'm going to get a two-in-one here. I'm going to get cage compromises of women and awkward sex scene at the same time. So I think, so they're for sure going to go to the beach by the end of the movie. Oh, totally. If there's a montage, which I don't remember if there is, I will win. I don't know if I have a path okay. to victory otherwise, but if there's a montage, oh, the girl's dead. The oh, girl's now wow. with Gage. There's actually some pretty good filmmaking, like, you know, Are I think you got look at that camera angle, just how how powerful he is. I definitely feel like there's a bunch of people that probably feel like this is super romantic, this movie in some way. I mean, I know it deals with death and loss oh, and sorry. grief, but I just realized we had Jordan Paul and Clark on this episode because we all talked about how terrible that scene was where Meg Ryan is in the bathtub and Cage is like sitting there awkwardly, remember? Oh yeah. Because she yeah, was like, There's yeah. this one scene and I was like, I bet I know what it is. They don't have the Charlize Keanu chemistry of bathtub. Nor the Keanu um Rachel Vice. Rachel Vice chemistry, yeah. No but but who who does, really? <laughs> uh this is a movie that I think hmm. you're I think you're right in saying that it's supposed to be romantic or people think of it as romantic. Not necessarily. No, no, not 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 for me per se. But that's such a cool shot. And the the original who directed this isn't really either. Like it's more about the if I recall, it's like this one angel kind of falls in love with humanity in general, and maybe focuses on some trapeze artists. Speaking of Jordan, this circus in that original one is a predominant part. Like all the uh, people and performers, and he's like, yeah, I want to be part of humanity now, and. Uh, does the dive? Uh, this guy is directed oh. by Brad. Yeah, Andre Brower, aka yeah, Captain Raymond. I just Holt. started watching, so Brad Man, Silverling directed this. Same. Uh, he mostly does TV now. He did one episode of No Tomorrow, which I loved. So, I mean, I want to say I want to knock off my bad CGI thing, oh, but like, this Casper. is actually pretty good. Really, another ghost movie or another sort of death movie. So it is. It's it's not bad though. Like I mean, it's very clearly green screen. Yeah, but it's it not could bad. be much worse. Oh, definitely. So I'm 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 not going to give me that. Casper of particular note to the Cage Club Podcast Network because it was the pilot episode for Wistful Thinking. <laughs> not Sorry, that, not. on the other hand, bad CGI. <laughs> yes, yes, that was an early uh, Wistful Thinking. Oh, this here we go. It was the first episode of Wistful Thinking. Now we're getting some uh, real angel imagery stuff. Now I recall. From the Marco episode, that they took some very unnecessary risks during this movie. Oh, right. Remember yes. about like getting shots up high when it wasn't necessary. And oh, and um, doesn't Nick Offerman show up? Uh, Does he? Sans stash at the end of this. Yeah, like when Cage oh, jumps, he yells at him like, "Hey, buddy! Like, how? Like, what's up with you?" They're just at Dodger Stadium. So this has a couple different, you know, cage connections here. We had Yankee Stadium in It Could Happen to You. Mm-hmm. We had uh, the Angel Don Cheadle in The Family oh, Man, which right. is coming out uh, two years oh. after this, right? So, and we had a theory about Zondali during the first watch that maybe Buscemi was an angel. Well, no, possibly, I, right? So I wrote about – I don't know – because I, I read my because for the first the original run <laughs> I dream that's happening to me all the time my cage angel on my angel shoulder because <laughs> uh, you know in the first run of Cage Club in addition to doing three episodes a week because we were crazy we also wrote reviews <laughs> or did write ups of each movie each, right. each episode and I wrote about how Buscemi and Cage were like God and the devil and I totally mm. forgot that but mm-hmm. it was this through line of like you know Cage clearly is the devil but. Maybe Buscemi is God, weirdly. He but, kept you know. showing up, like, dressed in all white, long Jesus-looking hair and stuff, right? Like, <sighs> Although it took... So Zonaldi came out in, what, 90? 91? It took 
28 years, but Steve Buscemi is playing God now. That's right, yeah. In a TV, TV to show, Miracle Workers. Oh, Beach. Beach. Didn't take as long as I thought. I know we get, we get back there. Now, I don't think we had a montage yet. We sort of had some quick cuts. Well, Actually, well, did we, we had a little angel montage for sure. Oh, then Why? I win. That, oh, you won already? Yeah, what's the time? Damn me. Um, let's see here. Six uh, minutes? Six, six ten. Woo. Wow. That's a new record. So I have montage. Wow, that's a nice shot. Wacky wardrobe. That's a great show. Uh, adaptation, because this is adapted from yeah. Wings of Desire, Religion or Spirituality, and The Beach. Wow. So I'm not going to be able to tell if he's accentuating necessarily. We'll see, but... Andre Power looks so young there. Yeah, and yet, like, in the same way as Cage, they look the same. He just looks like right? his, his his face is a little heavier, but just the factor of age. He just looks a little, he like, looks stronger yeah. or something. I don't know. It's weird. More but I think like, you're, you're right. They must have all lost some weight for this role to look more like gaunt and you know, like death and stuff. I think you're I think you're onto something there. So I never watched Homicide: Life on the Streets, uh, but there is an episode last year in Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I guess would be season five, maybe, okay. where it's called The Box, all right. where it's basically apparently like it's a, an homage to a classic homicide, or like it's because he, you know, Andre Brower plays this like really hard nosed you know, gritty, great detective in that show. And here he's, you know, the captain doesn't really do much. He's just sort of like overseeing mm-hmm. for a lot of the episodes. But this is like, he's really into the detective mode and it's great. Uh, so when you get to the box and I think season five, if this is season six, that's on now. It's season five. It's whatever a season the before last... the current season. Foodie films. Uh-huh. Meg Ryan sneaking in the back of the hospital for what? Maybe it's just quicker. Maybe she just figured out one day like, oh, I could save so much more time if I go through the kitchen. This, uh, you know, every time I see a locker, uh-huh. I don't know why. Like a locker in a movie, I think of uh, Independence Day. Oh, really? I think I know yeah. why. I think That's... I know why. Because, so in Independence Day, you know, mm-hmm. Will Smith showing the ring. his buddy the, the ring. ring. Yeah, his and then buddy. they smash mean... cut to uh-huh. the strip club. Right. And my dad, when we saw it in theaters, my dad was just like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and like, because I was like eight or whatever at the uh-huh, time, which uh-huh, I guess is a little uh-huh. bit, I mean, that, they're not showing nudity. Like, no, no, no. Full yeah, underwear, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. he was just like, no, 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 no. Like that came out of nowhere. Um, so I think that was like burned into my brain. Like, uh, But that was Harry Connick Jr. It's not just some guy. I still, like, you could, okay, I was thinking about this <laughs> when the contenders did their second episode. And you mentioned, I didn't catch it when we recorded it, but on one episode of something recently, mm-hmm. you were talking about Harry Connick Jr. could be some good in something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you put three guys in a line, I don't know what Harry Connick Jr. looks like. I don't know who he oh, is. No? Oh, I, I've Harry. seen multiple movies with him in it, but I don't know. I don't yeah, know who he is. He's not like. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he tried to have a bit of an acting career, and he's not bad. I feel like he just got miscast in a bunch of stuff. But he was more of like a, a crooner, a singer. Like, you know, he's way more of like strictly that kind of thing. Back in the '90s, I felt in '80s, even when you could still just be known for that. I guess I don't know. Like, it was weird. Like, he was like a lounge act. Well, check out for the comic of it all. Apparently, a podcast that's not happening, but also kind of happening. <laughs> here on the Cage Club Podcast Network. But you mentioned on an episode we recorded about Harry Connick Jr. in Copycat, and then they did Copycat. And then they did Copycat, you know? Which, you know, nobody was happy about except for Tobin a little bit, but... Wow. Oh, right. This reminds Mm. me... Now, this is, you know... Do you think Doctor Strange took I just watched that last night. Um, and you know what? I'm I'm sure in, like, in lots of actual operating rooms they have music Yeah, I've seen that a lot, like, in... That, that um, you know, the, in the theater, the 
uh, Surgeon gets to put on whatever music makes him, more, him or her more comfortable. But uh, I, I will give this and Doctor Strange a lot of credit for having busy hospitals. Yeah. Like, that's a thing. Like, even in uh, as much as I truly love these movies, the Happy Death Day movies, it's like the most barren hospital on earth. And then I just watched Only Lovers Left Alive. And granted, he's going there at, like, the middle of the night. But still, hospitals are, like, always busy. So, well, I think it's the same. It's it's similar to how like sometimes you watch a movie with New York City and there's like one car parked on the street. And it's like <laughs> where where the fuck in New York are? Yeah, you? I think they're all trying to go for atmosphere too with those movies. Oh yeah, right? I know, it, but much still, more and everything. But, but yes, I I totally agree because I watched last night. Uh, isn't it romantic? Which I don't know if you saw my little Twitter mm-hmm. diatribe. Yeah, because I can't decide. Oh, do not see it. Okay, good. It's atrocious. Well, I want to see it when it comes to. Video because I'm curious about how they tried to pull it off. So here's so I like the premise. I think the premise is sad. the premise is awesome. Yeah. So here's the here's spoilers about isn't it romantic? All right. So Rebel Wilson has uh, a sh- sort of shit. Not a shit. But actually, no. That's belying the premise. She has a fine <laughs> life. She just doesn't realize that she has a fine life. Got she's it. got a good job. She's underappreciated at work, but she's got you know a best friend at work played by Betty Gilpin. Uh, she's got yes. a guy Adam Devine at work who has a crush on her. She just doesn't realize. Oh, I love very that. clear from the beginning that he's in love with her. Uh, and so one day on her way back from work, she gets mugged, hits her head. Wakes up in the rom-com. Right. Yes. And so this guy who directed it, Todd Somebody Somebody, said that he watched every rom-com from like 98 to 2015 to like prepare. Like he oh, watched he like, should have done a podcast about it. I know. Well, he made a movie <laughs> instead, true, true, which true. I guess, you know, is, is more important. No, but from what I hear, he should have done a podcast about it instead. <laughs> so actually there – so side detour. So Liam Underwood of the Nerd on Nerd podcast, he's been on a couple of my podcasts with Joe too. Mm-hmm. He's on a new show with uh, this woman, Amanda, who lives in Ohio, called Criterion Crack, where once a month oh, they yes. watch a Criterion movie, cool. go through that. Uh, one of the podcasts on their podcast network, I just heard, I was listening to the, their episode today, is about uh, you know one or two women going through rom-coms in chronological order mm. and seeing how they evolve over time. So like that exists already. Um, so sorry, Todd. You'll just have to stick to making Hollywood blockbuster movies starring <laughs> knockoff Hemsworth Dude, and you know wow, Adam Devine. I'm sure, he'll get another shot. Anyway, she wakes up in a rom com. Suddenly, everything that she knows, like all the cliches from movies, and they point them out. They're like, "Oh, look, it's my gay best friend. Oh, look, it's Betty Gilpin who hates me at work because they're two women." But it's all like they don't do anything with it. Uh-huh. It's all just like, "Look, this is a thing you know." Look, this is another thing you know. And they just say it. She They're doesn't like, have to, like, sort of use her knowledge no. of rom-coms to no. navigate not that world. at that all. Because that's not what it should be. All. Like, the people in the world shouldn't be aware they're in the rom- Like, they shouldn't they're, be, hey, I'm your best so, friend. So da, da, they're da, da. not. But, like, so there's, like, you know, they talk They talk about, uh, I think, no, extreme facial expression. And she sees him. Um, they, they talk about in the movie, you know... Rebel Wilson saying, like, or, or no, 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 because, okay, step back. Betty Gilpin is obsessed with rom coms in the real world. Cause okay. she's like, so she's dressed down. Like, you know, Betty Gilpin from Glow? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, like, I don't watch Glow, but, but you, like, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I know her, yes. Gorgeous. Yes. So she has dyed mousy brown hair and, like, has, you know, just is watch rom coms all day. And, like, uh, she's still beautiful because she's Betty Gilpin. Of course. But, but in this world, she's, like, unloved and she's wearing, like, baggy clothes and everything. Yeah. And she's, like, Talking about this, and Rebel Wilson has this whole diatribe, which is kind of cool in a sense, where she sort of deconstructs rom coms and it's just like, you know, why doesn't the gay best friend ever have a thing to do? Like, why is it just like he's just there to help her? Yeah. Right? And like all this different stuff, and it's like, point out like all these flaws. And then you get into the world, and there's jokes 
about which this is one of the better jokes I guess but like you know he drives her to work and she's like is this how you get to work he's like it would be if I had a job but that's it like they don't do anything with it they're mm. just like look I'm aware that I don't have anything to do but like the character is saying it yeah that but it doesn't, doesn't have any sense. consequence within the, the plot of the movie right and so just it is joke. just pointing out flaws in rom-coms so hmm. we talked about on uh, the recent what am I chewing that I was on? Okay, where we were talking about how like there was that movie, The Baxter, which basically did what uh, they came together tried to do, where it's like sort of a send up of rom coms. But I do love they came together. I have to admit, so they came together is is good. It's fine. It's good. The Baxter, I think, is the better version of it. Right, I have still haven't seen that. Baxter is great. But it's those kind of movies where, like, it takes the conventions of the genre and, like, sends it up. Or just, like, you know, like Jordan Coward just did with Scream. Like, it takes a horror movie yeah. and makes fun of it, kind of, but also does it lovingly, knowingly, whatever, right? And so, isn't it romantic? It's just like, hey, like, this is a thing you know. Hey, look, this is a thing you know. Yeah, it sounds, and that's it. It sounds more like a, a parody film. Like, a, it sounds more like a scary movie or one of those kinds of things, um, you know, leaning in more in that direction, where it's just, yeah just pointing out the obvious instead of using the obvious and like working it into the plot or something. I don't know. And so I didn't want to leave the, like like 15 or 20 minutes. And I was like, Oh, this movie is definitely really, you were going to walk. I was going to walk. And I was just like, I, but I, I've never walked out of a movie. This movie didn't deserve my first walk out ever. Okay. So I just went to the back of the theater and I was just on my phone the entire time. <laughs> Cause I was just like, I don't give a shit about what's going on the screen. And I was just, you know, texting. I was on Twitter. I was on Instagram. And I was like, cause I don't want to disrupt people with my screen, but I was yeah. like, I do not care. And I want to know how, cause I, I felt like it's the kind of movie that in theory, everything could come together. There could be like this whole like twist. Yeah. But the, the, the twist, the reveal is that she just has to find that she, she loves herself. Oh, and no. by loving herself, she's able to sort of wake up and be in the real world. And then she realizes that Adam Devine has a crush on her. And then they fall in love. And then it ends with a rom-com song and dance number to end the movie. Great. And that's it. Oh. And it sucks. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say, you know, because people like what you like and you can like what you like. But this movie just feels like it takes a, a really interesting premise. Mm-hmm. Like a character being self-aware that she's in a movie and then doesn't do anything with it. That's too bad. And it's a real shame because the premise, because I was excited for this movie because I was like, this could be cool. Yeah, it looks funny. not. That's too bad. Oh, well. Especially given the fact that this same weekend, Happy Death Day to You and Alita Battle Angel both came out. Yeah. And they are both great. Yeah, I love Happy Death Day. I still have to see Alita maybe tonight. Oh, I'll get man. there. But, so good. Um, so I walked out of one movie only ever in my life and it was a free screening. It was a preview screening. It was Bernie Mac and Sam Jackson. I think it was called Soul Men. Okay. And, and they like got their little. Is that like late nineties? Uh, no, that was like late two thousand. Really? Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, I was at Cablevision at the time, and I remember seeing like this guy I worked with there. And the next day, hold on one second. I'm sorry to interrupt because I just went on a ten minute diatribe about bullshit, but. Here, again, this is sort of, again, family man-ish. They're in community. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention if with that's an angel. Don Cheadle, but it's not. Yeah. You know. Uh, I totally was going to get there. Okay, but, so, yeah. So, so the next day, uh, yeah. yeah, and the next day, the guy at work was like, um, hey, uh, so did you like the movie? I was like, that's the first movie I ever walked out of, and I only walked out because I didn't have to pay for it. He's like, yeah, my girlfriend's like... Uh, oh, is that your friend? Maybe he's going to get something to eat. And and I was like, and uh, and he goes, no, he's leaving. He's not coming back. I know him. <laughs> no, yeah, it was that was rough to. Uh, that was rough. I mean, mainly because I guess at the time they were using a song in that movie that was like 
kind of felt important to me, and it just felt like, uh, I, on top of everything else going on in this movie, I cannot sit through it. It was just not... You know, I I almost walked out of Kick-Ass 2. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the first movie where I was like, oh, this is I could see that. bad. I, I just wanted it to keep trying to get better and redeem itself by the end, and it just couldn't... So the problem, it's not really a problem, but like... With Movie Pass, which I get, which I had for Kick Ass Two, or with AMC A List, I'm not paying for these movies, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like I invested twelve dollars, and I also feel like if I'm right in my assumptions, you could go to the front, the cash register, and be like, "Look, that was very clearly not for me. Like, I'm sorry, but like, can you just give me like a voucher for a movie or something? Mm-hmm. Like, you walk out in fifteen minutes, and be like, "Look, that's I, yeah, I'm I, not, like mm-hmm. they're they're gonna want you to come they're back." Understanding, yeah. But here, I mean, I didn't pay for it. I could just walked out and been like, oh, it's pro- "Whatever," because I'm not gonna see another yeah, two no loss. movies this week. My, my it, the three is gonna reset for next weekend, so it's like it doesn't matter. But I'm also like, it was intriguing. Like, it was an interesting enough premise that I was like, I want to see if this gets better. Does not now, did not. You know what? I was really glad that they were able to build off the premise for was with Happy Death Day to you. I was like, oh shit! Like this is great. Like I don't we're, know what, we're like genre hopping now, <laughs> which I love because I you know I've read things about how like it could be you could set that thing up and just have a different story altogether where it's the same day over and over again. You know what I mean? Like where it's not Shree, it's not these people. But I like that they stuck with the characters. Mm-hmm. And I like that they were they had sort of had an explanation. Yeah, and that I, I think I think it, it makes me like the first. I mean, the first one's already I, one of my all time favorite. It's movies so much fun. Reason. Like I feel like one and two are just one. That now it's like the Kill Bill thing. It's just one long movie now. Like it's all still going, you know. And yeah. I feel like they could really do anything with it, where they could go back and and, and do like you know, like they mentioned in this Back to the Future 2, but they could still go back into the first two movies with the third movie if they wanted to, or they could take it with an all-new character and spin it off, and they could go huge. Like, they could they could go so much bigger if they wanted to, but I just love the scale. I love the small-scale big idea of it. It's really fun. I kind of wonder, because, I mean, like, I wrote in my letterbox review of it that, like, because I love the first one so much, this is the kind of movie where... I'm going to be more predisposed to love it than the normal person, and also more predisposed to thinking there's no reason for this to exist. You know what I mean? Because it feels <laughs> like because I love the first one so much, I'm like, I don't want to ruin it, mm-hmm. but also if it's good, I'm going to be like, oh, I love this. And so it's this weird kind of, you know... Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad they didn't... that it's it's sort of more of the same, but it's not. Like, it's a whole... It opens up a whole new perspective on the first movie. Like, they really try and sort of go with a different genre, I feel. Like, it becomes more of a sci-fi film. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, and I love, uh, you know, the roommate character. Like, he's great, and, like, all the new characters are fun, and... Uh, did you call him Morimoto, too? Or would you call him... Oh, uh, Vegeta? No, no. It <laughs> wasn't in my mind. But I was just really glad, like, that they picked that character, and they were trying to build off of that. And I wasn't upset that we, you know, went... More more on with tree and everything. I thought that was actually kind of funny. Um, and next time it'd be great if they were sort of all stuck together or something. We'll see. You know, I I, I just love that they. It was it was like it was a remix of the first movie essentially, right? Like it was because th- that's the whole thing. Like it's the same things happening, but mm-hmm. it's a different. Spoilers, I guess, different reality or whatever. So. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she has to decide. Well, that that, that yeah. was a whole other thing. Like, now they could go, like, dimension hopping. Like, there's one, one of my favorite all-time episodes, or all-time favorite episodes of Futurama is called the Farnsworth Parabox. Oh, that's a great one, Where yeah, they're just, the they're literally jumping from, and they go to the the one, the dimension, or, like, there's the two dimensions, and, like, everyone's just, like, color shift, or, like, Bender is gold, yeah, and, like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and then they go to one where they're all just, like, you know, 
all possessed by hypnotoads or all bobbleheads. Yeah. The one is, uh, have you seen anything? And they're like, we haven't seen anything ever. ever. And they have no, no eyes. eyes. Um, That's a good one. And then, you know, that episode ends by them, like, pulling each other's universes back through each other. Yeah. So they, have, they, can, they own their own universe in their dimension. I was, um, I was actually... I thought that's where this one was going to go, is that she was going to keep waking up in another dimension also. Like, everything was going to be slightly different, and she'd have to, like, sort of find a way back and stuff. But, um, no, that's definitely somewhere that they could take it, though. I think that would be fun. Like, that would be a great final sort of chase montage if they were being chased by the killer through different dimensions. And, like, you know, they see themselves, but they look totally different. Or I mean, I think that's where you go with three, right? You have multiple yeah. trees. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But... Because I thought so. What the I branches thought, keep splitting. Because they, they have the, they have the the, the main <laughs> the kid right, branches. who like he's there. He's he's. I guess there was the two or whatever. Like the first version, he finds himself right. Um, again, yeah. I guess this is all spoilers, but early spoilers. But I thought the the real killer was going to be Tree. So did I. And yeah. it, it wasn't. It makes sense within the world why it's not. But mm-hmm. you know, but it still can be one day. It still could be. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot he was in this. Friends. Right, Dennis Franz or whatever. Who, what's he from? He looks familiar. He was from like one of those NYPD shows. Oh, okay. and I think he ended up passing away. Dennis Franz, NYPD Blue. No, he's still alive. No, really? Yep. He's not acting anymore. Oh. He was in 261 episodes of NYPD. Maybe Blue. that's why I thought he passed away because he just sort of vanished. He, he was just... the lead. In NYPD he, Blue. He killed his career by just walking away, maybe. Oh, look at Cage following with such serious intent. He was in Die Hard 2 as Carmine Lorenzo. 49 episodes of Hill Street Blues. Oh, that's right. Say hello to my brother. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Remember that stuff. part? When he gets into like an argument with the uh, parking cop at the airport in the beginning, and then it turns out to be Dennis Brown's brother later, and they need his help, and he's like, gives John McLean this look, like, hey, it's me. I haven't seen that in a while. I know, I haven't either. I don't I don't especially like that one so much, but I think it starts really strong. Oh, I think that's my second favorite one. I wrote a lot of words. I've also, I've spent a lot of time, I sent this to uh, Kyle when Kyle oh, was defending. Oh, that's so good. Look at that. That's close to, like, face waterfalling. It's close, but. It is close. You sent that whole thing to Kyle. The, my my diehard dissertation about why I hate three. Your diehardation. Yeah, and uh, I like two. I like four. I don't like three. That's crazy because I only like one in three, and I could just like throw the rest out the window. I just don't think three is a diehard movie. I think that's the problem. I mean, it, 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 me, it wasn't originally. But that's neither was two, and you know, part but one is, was based off a sequel to a book like the Detective, I, starring Frank Sinatra. Yes, but I mean, to me, it's all about expansion of character, not contain containment of I do incident. Have to, I have to watch three again to sort of see if I give it a fair shake. But I've seen it twice. I think because I don't understand you don't like three, but you like four because four isn't stuck in like a building or anything like the first two. You know, it's like he's running around the whole East I don't Coast. Remember. I have a whole thing, and at least me. three, he's just stuck in New York City. I was like, well, this is good. Like, he's still on the island. It's more like Escape from New York, but, like, kind of not. And it's also got, like, you know, that mismatch, him and him and Sam Jackson. I thought that was, they had good chemistry. But, I don't know, we'll get there one day, per- perhaps next 4th of July for uh, Third Time's a Charm. Because Wait, what's this 4th of July? Um, I, it's probably going to be Spider-Man 3, if everything goes according to plan. Because the new Spider-Man movie comes out, like... That weekend, I think, or around that time. 
I don't know exactly. Oh, Die Hard 4 was based on a, an article. There you go. About the fire sale or whatever. Farewell he, to arms. The uh, the thing that um, the bad guy pulls off where he like puts the internet up for sale or something. I don't know what he does. He locks everyone out. He gets like the nuclear codes. He pulls a real Ultron on us. I'm try- I'm reading why I... So... I like – so this is, again, this is me writing you know eight or nine years ago that I like that Die Hard 4. They use technology to do their bidding like they did in Die Hard 2. Um, it reminded me of uh, one of our favorite movies, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, because it was him passing on his uh, his thing to a, a young Oh, to gun. Justin Long? I think so. Oh, I don't <laughs> – I found – I don't not like Justin Long, but I found him kind of irritable in that movie. I thought because I thought it was going to be Winstead. I thought it was like, oh, John McClane's going to team up with his daughter in this Lucy movie. Lucy McClane. Yeah, and then it's like, no, she's going to get trapped in a fucking elevator for the entire movie. Bullshit. I like that it takes place on the Fourth of July weekend because feels- that's the second movie that does that. So did Part Three. So oh. I don't <laughs> like it's. A, I was like, wait again. I'm pretty sure Part Three. I mean, am I am I losing it? Does Part Three not take place on the Fourth of July? Is it just a hot day in the summer? I said the, the best Die Hard movies are ones where John, John McClane finds himself embedded in the action without being forced in. The most tense films are actually lacking in action, as the directors tend to lend the action or let the action build gradually. Best bad guys are the ones who are known from the start. Every woman in the series is written in a very sexist fashion, and McClane is unbelievably technologically averse. Let's see. Da, da, da. Oh, I guess it's. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't mention it in this little wiki blurb, and I'm not really interested right now in reading anymore. I talked about Die how hard. this is this is me being very woke back then about how like I was like you could argue that Holly McLean, Holly Gennaro, is a strong character, but like both she and the daughter, you know, Lucy, are like. The way that they, you know, assert their independence is like, I'm Gennaro, not McLean. And then as soon as like shit goes wrong, they're like, just kidding, I'm McLean. And it's like, well, yeah. that's kind of. You and know, they're lazy. also both hostages. Like, you know, they both get held at gunpoint by the bad guy at yeah. the end of their and movies. Holly doesn't do anything. No, she's in part two. She's stuck on a plane the whole movie. She's like gonna die if John doesn't do his. Jo- I mean, she punches the journalist, which is cool, but. Who is? Um, oh. That's the uh, I think that's the EPA guy from Ghostbusters. I don't know. Anyway, that's weird that they carry that character over a bunch of times. Cage, you look so like intense in this movie. Has she found him irresistible yet? Probably. I'm gonna mark it off anyway. I can't lose anymore. No, you've already lost uh, almost half an hour ago, twenty-four minutes ago. This movie is kind of longer. This is almost a two-hour movie that we're watching that I've barely talked about. But finally, the most important element of what I feel defines a diehard film more than anything else is sort of two related parts where the action takes place and how McLean is put in that situation. First one is a perfect example of where that action takes place. He's visiting his wife at work, gets sucked into the drama that unfolds. He's pretty literally confined to one building. Second film has, has him pretty much confined to just one place as well, but an airport gives him more room to run around than a building does. Third film blows this open and leaves him free to run about New York City. And the fourth film blows this open even further as he traverses from New Brunswick to Camden to Washington, D.C. to Baltimore. But perhaps the more important part of the final qualifier is how he's put into the situation. 
or as I imagine the writer saying, how can we get John McClane in this predicament? He finds himself in a building, finds himself in an airport, he's just there. Things happen around him. Cool. But then all of a sudden he's requested by name, he's sent to pick up a kid because in his senior detective, lame, too far of a stretch. Yeah, I think, so I don't, I guess in retrospect, I don't like four much, <laughs> but I like it more than three. Like, I, I think, I, I thought it was more closely defined but what a, a diehard movie was. I, I hear you. They feel like, it feels almost like a uh, a retry of three where they're like, okay, we can't have it, like, it was kind of, it was cool to be Gruber's brother, but we didn't really go far enough with that. So, like, let's have the villain, like, be this uh, expatriate kind of tech wizard, kind of updates it a little more, you know, we got the whole, you know, yeah. stuff going on uh, in America at the time. They're trying to comment on with all that other kind of crap. And, yeah, I don't know. And then they're running around all over the place and he's got a... He's got a uh, he's got a partner, you know. Like that's the thing. That's this thing that they really, I guess, introduced in three that they kept going with four, and then I never saw five with his son. Five's like, bad. They go to Mother Russia, and then I'm making a six, I think, right? Oh boy, just call it a day. Just die already. <laughs> die hard. Uh, empty hospital. So not so busy down here. Although I feel like we are sort of in the recesses, the bowels of the hospital. Yeah, and I have a feeling that like he's making it more, like, mysterious and supernatural at the moment, so he's not found. Because he's choosing to reveal himself to her, mm-hmm. is that right? I think it's a combination of things, or right? She like, she can, she has the sight? I think she has a sight. Now, are those flashing red lights behind her head a, a, a foreshadowing that she's going to get hit by a truck? <laughs> is that what happens? Yeah, she's on the bike, remember? And then she gets plowed oh. into by the truck because she's not looking where she's going. How many times have you seen this movie? Just once or more than once? So I saw it once before we watched it, and I saw it when we watched it, and now I guess I s- we're watching it now. So I guess okay. So you saw it one th- more time than me. Yeah, third time. Third time's a charm. Yeah. I'm gonna say Cage steals something. I'll cross that off. Look how happy. A cage. Maybe this is the movie he speaks the least in, and know. has the least costume changes too, right? Oh, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think he changes until the very end, right? That's what I appreciate about Happy Death Day, too, that she finally got to change her outfit. I was thinking Tree would be such an easy cosplay, because you just have the black yoga pants, and then you find that one t-shirt, yep. and then you can get a big blonde wig or something. I mean, I don't I don't think you should go as Tree. No, no, not, I mean, obviously, like, certain demographic that would cosplay as her. Um but then she, because I, I even like, oh, here we go. Tub. Uh, I'm going to cross off nudity, even though we don't see anything. It's, you know, suggested. Oh. Um, drinking a Heineken. Is it a No, Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock. Um, but I I do like that even in the movie, she's like, let me get out of these clothes, and then I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And then that's just like, every every time it resets, she's in a different, like, cute outfit, which is nice. Oh, oh my gosh, he is an exasperated, broken man. Oh, Absolutely. I don't know why he looks so miserable there, though. Like, because he's there by because choice. Because he can't. He can't. Oh, he's like he, he wants to be in the tub want, with her, mm-hmm, and like he can't be physical with her. Look at that stare. What is that face? It was real creepy. It's amazing. So, have you heard the chatter? And like, I was kind of thinking about this before I actually saw the first article that popped up this week on it. That uh, Jake Gyllenhaal might be trying to go for a little bit of Cage's title with crazy, extreme, and experimental performances in 
maybe not so great movies, but he's good in them mixed with actual good performances and really good movies that he's done. So people are like, is he the next cage? Like well, we've talked he... for a while about doing Jill and Hollicks. I know. Hotness. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just rekindled my interest in him. Uh, I've been seeing like all these gifts of him and stuff online lately, and I haven't really been keeping up with his stuff. Well, they'll but... saw is bad. Well, I still want to see it, and I, you know, wasn't he in another? Wasn't he in another bad movie with like Amy Adams last year or something? But people said he was good. So something else. I was actually—I don't know why—I was thinking about him on the drive up here. I was thinking about doing like a Jake Gyllenhaal Appreciation Month, where I rewatch. It's all movies I've seen before, but like rewatch Zodiac because I love it. There's rewatch yep. Nightcrawler because I love those. it. Yeah. Rewatch Donnie Darko because I haven't seen it since college, and I want to see if it's oh, I haven't seen if that I like in like ten years. Yeah. So last year he was in the Sisters Brothers, which I did not really like. Which is that Western? Oh, Kelsey I still haven't Riley. seen it. I want to see it though. He was in Wildlife, which is kind of depressing, but he's very good at I it. I haven't seen that. He was in the year before. He was a Stronger, which is that Boston Marathon bombing movie with Tatiana Maslany. Still haven't seen that. Which see? is really good. Like Okja, he's in. I saw that. Yep. Uh, he's in Life, which is bad. I, yeah, but you know, it's it's bad, but it's not terrible. He's in Nocturnal Animals, which was my that's least the one favorite I was, ta- movie I was thinking of. Okay, but how is he in that? Like I, that's I what shit. Everything in that movie's terrible. Oh no, Joey. Accidental Love, I, don't, I haven't seen Southpaw, which is the oh, boxing movie. Yeah. Is that Rachel McAdams? And he gets ripped in that. That was supposed oh, to be Eminem, spoilers. I heard. Spoilers, Rachel McAdams dies. And I was like, what the, what's the point of watching Oh, that's the, movie the beginning of the movie, yeah. right? He was in Demolition, which is not good, but he's very good in it. There we go. That looks uh, He was in Everest, which I did not see. Oh, I liked Everest, but he's not in a lot of it. I'll just put it that way. He's in Nightcrawler, which is great. That's he was in Enemy, which is great. Yes, I like that a lot. Plays twins. He's in Prisoners, which is depressing oh, as hell, but, but, but great. very good. Him and Neil Jackman. What did I do? Like a British And Paul Dano. That's right. He's in End of Watch, which is great. Yes, that's amazing. He's in Source Code, which is very good. He's good. I don't uh, but he's good in Compared it. Compared to what Duncan Jones did yes, after good that. Yes, Okay, I'll give you that. Because we start Moon, yeah, then we go, we go to, to Source Code, code yep, then we go to Warcraft, and then we go to Mute. Mute. Mm-hmm. Which uh, he was in Love and Other that. Drugs, which I don't, haven't seen. I saw that. That's the Anne Hathaway one where they're like naked half the movie together. I know, just, and she's beautiful. He's in Prince of Persia, which I did not see. I haven't seen that yet. And he's in to. Brothers, which I think I saw. I don't. He's Brothers with Toby Maguire. Oh, Natalie Portman. Toby's married to Natalie, and is uh, he maybe he died. Movie. Yeah, because they think Toby died, so he moves in and becomes the new dad and starts sleeping. And then Toby shows up again. Surprise, I'm not dead. He was in Rendition, which I have not seen. I think I, I know, saw With that. Reese Witherspoon and Peter Sarsgaard and Alan Arkin. Um, he was in Zodiac that same year. He was in Jarhead, which I did not see. I still haven't seen Jarhead, but there's And this is where I'm starting sequels. to see not see the movies. Like, Proof, I don't know what Proof is. Brokeback, I haven't seen. Oh, I saw that. You know what's good is the the good girl or something? Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, he's really good in that. Uh, Day After Tomorrow with Annie Rossum, which yeah. is, you know. That was like his, he had a blockbuster phase, I guess. John, Jiminy Glick and Lala, where oh. he plays himself. Well, Jiminy Glick, anything is incredibly great. So, uh, And then in 2002, Moonlight Mile, I, don't, I haven't seen. Highway, I haven't seen. Good Girl, I saw back on HBO. Yeah. I was like, ooh, Jennifer Aniston is a sexy role. And it's got... Um, not really a sexy role. Steve Brule, uh, what's it? Uh, what did I call it? A uh, shout out to uh, PSL of Hoffman guys with um, John C. Riley. Yeah, John C. Riley's in it. So he, her he husband. comes back and sister brother, sister oh, brother, sister, sister, sister brothers. Sister brothers. Uh, 2001, Bubble Boy, which I did not see. Donnie Darko, which I've only seen once, lovely and amazing. October Sky, Homegrown, Dangerous Woman, Josh and Sam, City Slickers. Oh yeah, that's when he's he was only very been, I mean, young boy. only, but he's only been in 54 things. Oh. Maggie Gyllenhaal has been in how many? 47. 
A lot oh, of the wait, dudes, kindergarten teacher. He's completely revealed himself to her. You know, I've I've been talking to Brian recently about things because he's he's he, I don't remember who he <laughs> mentioned, but he he said like he he wanted to do something. He's like, but I realized I told myself it doesn't need to be a podcast. I could just watch the guy's movies. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's totally. very aware. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't. I mean, like, look, like I don't know why I decided to do what I'm doing instead of a Godzilla podcast, but it's like. I don't need to do a podcast just to rewatch all those movies, or any other like ma- people I want you to should, marathon. You just, so our, we should transition our podcast network from being uh, actor filmographies to just watching the same movies. You could just do Godzilla forever. I was thinking that. I was thinking that because they're going to keep making them. Anyway, um, yeah. Do you think that new one looks good? I watched. Yeah, the trailer. yeah. I think it looks great. Uh huh. I just want to very see, excited. I, so I, I think they. What I was talking to you about, they struck a balance. I think they took the sort of what I considered a, a little too serious, grounded 2014 one, the Gareth Edwards one. It. It's great, but I'm just saying. In if you look at the entire, it is, it is two ends of the spectrum. It's Godzilla it's, to. Kong Skull it's Island. It's the darkest. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. And yes. And then they go Kong I- Skull Island. They went a little too far with the sort of Toyota kid action. I don't mind. I still liked it. It's a lot of fun. But I think they struck a perfect balance as far so as the trailer. in this movie, there's Godzilla. There's Mothra. There's Ghidra. Yes. Uh, and then there's Rodan. So there's the four of them. Yeah. They may be going a little too far with all that. We'll see how it shakes out. I just want to see, see them fight each other. Yeah, I mean... Although, it, it is like... I, I didn't realize how one, much bigger Ghidra is than Godzilla. He's like, enormous. That one where it's just like... Um, the one that's missing is Zangiris, who was like the first monster he fought. second monster we ever fought was King Kong. Uh, and Angiris and him actually end up becoming like friends throughout a lot of the series, and they like, team My up a lot. My dad loves Godzilla, and I don't Anguirus think I know is Anguirus. like a um, he's like a cross between a porcupine and an armadillo. So he like he roll ball, he roll, he, and he can burrow, and yeah, and he's on all fours and everything. I wonder if there's going to be more. It seems like it may be from the trailer that it seems. Uh, like there's gonna be like in the first Godzilla movie, there were just like this, this is the shot from oh that was the shot from the it was I saw that mm. with like the what they call it the mutos, the mutos yeah where it just feels like cool. it's just sort of generic big monsters like it feels like that they might be in this too but I don't know so is King Kong in this movie or no I don't know I mean they gotta allude to Skull Island at some somehow some way because that whole organization is is in it um, does he smell like a cactus any any peaches. But well, if I he, also if he takes heard a bite of something. I have cage um, eating. Like Toho in Japan has decided, like, yeah, we're going to follow suit with Marvel and we're going to relaunch the entire line of monster movies and we're going to do it like we did in the '60s and we're going to have like. Um, Is that in line with uh, single? The, the, what's the Godzilla? Movie oh, Shin Godzilla. No, they're like that's a one-off for now. Thank God. Uh, I loved it. I jeez, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, but anyway, I don't so know what, what a pear tastes like to you? What Toho is doing is. Um, you know, they're going to do, like, you know, a Godzilla movie, a Mothra movie, a Rodan movie, a Ghidra movie, and then they're all going to, like, cross over and co-mix and mingle, and they're really going to do, like, the whole Marvel MCU with their monster-verse and everything, so. I want to just point out how overtly sexual what Meg Ryan is saying on screen right About now. her pear? About how a pear tastes to her. Mm. It's just graphic. It's perfect. Because, I mean, this brings up something that I've thought about a lot where, like, we both agree that like your the color of your wall is beige or tan, mm-hmm. but like what the color that you see it might be a completely different color than what I see. Mm-hmm. 
and we don't know. Okay. Because we both agree that that color is beige or tan. Yes. But it might, what you see as beige or tan, I might think of as blue. Yes. And I think that's real weird. Well, that's like people who are colorblind. But I think beyond, beyond that, because like they know that they're seeing the world differently. I hear But you. like, oh, I see. are both it. seeing yeah. the world correctly, but it might be a different version of correctness. Ah, yeah, that's spooky. Which is just like the same thing, like, I know, like, I don't know what a pear tastes like to you. Like we might have like the we might we both we both might be able to describe a pear that it tastes the same way, but we might those words might mean different yeah, and we may both like how a, smelling yeah, how a pear tastes, but it could taste totally different to the both of us. That's exactly. Yeah. Like what you think of as sweet might not be sweet. Well, that's or funny. Whatever. I run into that with my nephew about sour things because at this stage of my life, like I just like can't take like sour. You know, like oh, yeah. sour I mean, patch kids is all about like all that. Like, sour, like, yeah. Remember warheads? And, like, the atomic warheads? Uh-huh. and he's like, "Try this one. Try this one." I'm like, "You're out of your mind, kiddo." It's like if I have that, kiddo. <laughs> there was something else I wanted to. Oh, so I have this other theory, um, and I think this is I am uh, insane, but I was thinking about this. <laughs> that you know, like every time like you have like a near death experience, like what if in your life you always live until you die of old age or whatever. Like, I feel like, what if, like, when you have a near-death experience, like, the world sort of splits, and, like, in one reality, Mm -hmm. you're gone, and the people around you sort of react to your loss, but in your reality, you just keep going. Okay. Like, I think that's, like, I haven't fully fleshed this idea. (laughs) I like like where you're But I feel like it's just, like, there's infinite, where, like, you're always the hero of your own story, right? And so, like, you keep going, and you always live to the end of your life. That'd be nice. But, like... You know, so what? Okay. What, it's just this weird. So like, let's just say I got hit by a bus. Yeah. I, I actually but missed like that somebody, bus. Somebody actually you missed back. me, exactly. and I get to keep walking. But in my it's reality, like, you're gone. I'm gone. Yeah. Or like uh, in, in every reality, mm, but yours. But that's you're gone. like having your own personal matrix, right? Like that's what your consciousness yeah, kind is. Of. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I'm you know. But I also let's think, work on that. I also I, think I, that I don't that's. Hate it. Yeah. I also think that's kind of because like nobody knows what happens when you like nobody knows when you die what happens right? Right, right, right. So what if again this is just weird this is like this is me being like this is like high thoughts about me actually being high <laughs> sober like, high what thoughts. if every, in everyone's reality whatever in everyone's consciousness they just live forever? Well, that'd be that's a beautiful thought. I would love that. I mean, I don't want to ever. I mean, yeah, let's just keep going. Maybe that's what consciousness but also, is. But I also, hear, in yeah. a weird, depressing way, if you live forever. Literally no. everyone around you dies, but you not you might not be conscious of that necessarily, right? Like you're just living your conscious life. You don't necessarily know if you're only on one path. How would you know when you branched, right? You would yeah. never have those um, conflicting thoughts or yeah. anything. So you're in the clear. Um, it's just weird because, hmm. like, it just there's so many things that we just don't know that you know. I, I think it's whatever. Uh, this, this, is, this isn't me like trying to rationalize this for like peace of mind or anything, but I just think that it's interesting that, like, it, that could be what's right. I mean, like, maybe I no, cracked yeah. the code. <laughs> you know, maybe you're it's the like, one guy on the, the good place. place. Like, you're I Doug. Doug or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where I'm old man Michael McKean, where I'm just, like, doing everything the right way, uh, and then ultimately it doesn't matter because they have changed the rules because technology uh-huh. has muddied the uh, waters. By the way, if you're not following 41 Strange on Twitter, I retweeted one of their horrific clown uh, Oh, posts, I saw that. And I just tagged the good place on it because it I'm so glad they got back to those horrific clowns in the last season. Oh, boy. It's like, if you could have this any way you wanted to, why would you decide to put the creepy clowns back? Visible tattoo, but not cages. You think that's a real tattoo or that is a character It tattoo? looks real. I don't know. 
Well, maybe oh, no, not. It's a character tattoo. <laughs> cool. He looks like the kind of guy who would have one of those old sort of timey sailor tats, though. Oh, absolutely. He looks like Mario. He should be Super Mario. Mario Mario? Yeah, Mario, Mario Mario of the Mario Brothers. <laughs> oh, boy. They're doing a cartoon, and they're supposedly doing a Zelda Netflix series live action, which, you know what, just go online and watch people play Breath of the Wild. Like, that's basically like watching a movie. Or just yeah. buy Breath of the Wild and play it. Like it's, it's they just beautiful. announced they're they're redoing some. I think Link's Awakening maybe for the oh, Switch. Oh yeah, yeah, that actually looks kind of fun. I played that on Game Boy when it, in high school. Oh, he just tried to I think kill him, and, the, and then Franz basically said no. Like oh, I'm not ready yet. Isn't it because he used to be an angel? Oh. Right, and he's like, I see you, buddy. Like I know what you're trying to do, and that's where he he incepts the idea into Cage's mind to wake up. So this reminds me of a, a TV show that Kara and I, if we ever do TV is dead, which I would like to do. I just don't know if I physically have the time to do it. Uh, you know, I have the time to do it, but do I want to spend another 20 hours a month watching TV that I've already seen? <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But uh, there's a show called uh, Dead Like Me. To, as you said to Brian, it doesn't have to be a podcast. You can I know. just rewatch it. Uh, but Dead Like Me, which is a show that was on Showtime oh, for two years, yeah. where they would go around, the Grim Reapers would sort of like pop your soul, Randy which Patinkin, your soul pop came, yeah. out, came from. And you would just be relieved of the burden. Oh my god, that was a total, like, Portocol New Orleans move, where he was hiding behind the door. Is this? (laughs) This isn't Richard Jenkins, is it? I have to get a better look at this guy. Oh my god, it's so close, though. But it it looks like It's like a cross between him and Tucci, almost. Like, yeah. Who is this guy? Is this... Is this... Is this his, his, or her uh, wife or her husband? Hello. I don't know if it was a husband. I think they're dating doctors dating. That's a cute dog, though. I think that dog's still alive. Is this Calm Fiore? It might be. If it is, I don't recognize this guy, right? him. Oh, it looks like him. Yeah, he kind of looks like the new governor of New Jersey now. We've seen that guy in the news a lot lately. Um, Just because it's like now that the governor isn't like hard to look at. I don't have to change the channel when he talks. And he doesn't speak like a moron either. Calm Fiori. Uh, City of Angels. Um, yes. Is there something about her... Maybe... Does she, she's When she's not in her scrubs, is she in, like, proto-angel outfit in black? black? I don't know. Oh, this guy is in... He's been in 150 things. But he's in that new Netflix series, The Umbrella Academy. Oh, I just Owen saw Page. the uh, trailer while I was flipping through to Frasier. Oh, it he looks was interesting. In Higher Power, which came out last year, which is like... Uh, you know that meme where it's like, this is your brain normal, this is your brain unlocked yeah. a little bit. A lot, like, it's that, That's but like, as a movie, it's... I watched like 10 minutes, it was <laughs> terrible. Um, oh, he was in that Clive Owen... Um, Shoot what's him no, uh, uh, Clive Owen made a ciphered movie, uh, Anon, that was, that was a Netflix movie last year. Oh, he's down with the He was in 12 episodes of House or... of Cards. He's on Netflix a lot, I yeah. guess. Oh, I kind of think I recognize him. If he was in season one through three, because those are the seasons I think I watched of House of Cards. He was in... Nope, four and five. Oh, well. Uh, he, was, he played King Lear. He was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. He was in Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. 20 episodes of The Borgias. He was... King Laufey, L-A-U-F-E-Y, in Thor. Oh, King Laffey. In hmm. Thor. But he was under a ton of blue makeup and a very dark screen. Uh, that, that part was very dark. He was in a movie called Inconceivable that is not the Nicolas Cage Inconceivable, which means it's not good. <laughs> Unable to conceive. Hey, Jerry Lewis. 
who will play Cage's dad in the trust. Is this, oh, are we watching another movie plays in this movie? I think that was. Yep. Go for it. But more importantly, Jerry Lewis, pre-nection. This guy was in uh, Chicago. He's in The Sum of All Fears. He was in two Jack Ryan movies. Oh, look wonder at if that. he plays the same character. <laughs> That'd be cool. I don't, I know James Earl Jones, and he, he played the same character in two. I know, but it was two different Jack Ryans. I think it was between Baldwin and Ford. But you oh, still he was also in Face Off. Had James Earl Jones, I think. I'm not sure. I watched all the Jack Ryan movies at one point last year, I think, and I was not that impressed. I think my favorite one was the Affleck one, to be quite honest with you. Uh, this guy was also in Paycheck with Ben Affleck and Uma Thurman. Uh, this guy plays a doctor in Face Off as well. Face Off. Wow. He's a all right, doctor actor. Oh, is he one of the doctors that takes his face off? off? Maybe. Oh, he wrote Inconceivable. All right, so let's see here. Does he play Olsen in Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, or does he play a different character? Let's see here. Rob Berenger. So he plays two different characters oh, in the... Cool. Do all those movies take place in the same world or no? Well, I know they're all different Jack Ryans. Mm, Jack's Ryan. I mean, I know the novels are consistent, but the movies didn't feel... Cause they feel like they're all over the place. Uh, the, the Harrison Ford ones seem to link up, but the rest of them are, like, all over. So he kinda. was two, but then everybody else was just one? Yeah. Baldwin... So it's kind of the Batman, the Batman syndrome. Yeah, and then Affleck, and then Chris Pine, and now the new guy on John Krasinski. John Krasinski now on uh, Amazon. Action star John Krasinski. <laughs> yeah, really. How did that happen? But well, he's ripped up. I like writer director Krasinski, but I mean that's just a couple know. that I want to you know spend time with. I, I don't like The Office, but I enjoy him mostly, and I love Emily Blunt. So yeah, I'd like to see them do more work nice together. Power couple. I wanted to see, like... Hmm. Cage, eat, eat, eat. Cross off this... Uh-oh. Waste of food on the floor. You know, I feel like if you're a waiter in a diner... Oh, God, look at this bow tie. Well, if you're that waiter. Uh, and you see a guy in walking diner, in hospital scrubs, kind of, or, you know, like... In, alone, too. You know, they alone, can't see Cage. Talking to nobody. Smoking a cigarette. What do you think is going on here? <laughs> What does that say on the window? I'm trying to... It's backwards, right? O-D-L-E. It's, it sent, ends something in O-D-L-E. U-D-L-E? Uh, e. Is he t- teaching Cage how to shake a hand? But, like, actually, if anyone's watching this, he's shaking the heir's hand. This also reminds me of The Family Man, where he goes back and the, the daughter is teaching him how to be a dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's sort of the blank slate cage. This is like proto-Family Man. Oh, that is like the other really romantic, like one of the other, well, Moonstruck is romantic, Zondali, depending on who So they you just ask. had, uh, Brian had tickets on Valentine's Day, they had, a, they had a feast, a Moonstruck feast at the Alamo Yonkers, oh. but Brian showed up late, traffic, and couldn't get in. Oh, no. Uh, Valentine's Day ruined. Oh, bummer. But that would have been, you know, that's a fun little uh, romantic getaway, if you if you both like share and... Nicholas Cage and Moonstruck and Italians. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it would have been a great dinner, too. Like pasta and uh, bread, yeah. or whatever Cage is making in that basement. Pastries. But I don't understand. How do they know if you're late? Uh, I mean, the, the movie had started. Yeah, but you can like leave the theater to go to the like not the theater, but, but they just don't leave to go to the in. bathroom. Yeah, I know. But and come back and stuff. I think especially in a feast. I mean, the, the draft has also like once the movie starts, they don't let people in. Okay, that's just that's their policy. I guess I've just never been late to a movie there, but you know. If I was in the bathroom and they shut the door on me, I'd be pissed. Oh no! I think you can leave. I think, but I think it's sort of they see people come in and they like. You know, oh, they won't rip for. your ticket. 
Yes. After the uh, – I hear you. Yeah, that makes more sense because you go to get your ticket at the box office or rip it or – but then you could get it at the – I think mm. you, could prob- you could probably sneak in because if you have it on your phone, if you have a little thing or whatever, you could probably get in. But I feel like their whole thing is no disruption, maybe no for talking, f- no texting. Maybe, well, maybe the no thing for the arrivals. feast is different too because they have to order everything and there's yep. like a menu and it's all yep. on the clock and – I wonder if they got their money back because I mean those feast the, the feast tickets are not cheap they're like they're fifty or sixty bucks yeah I'm sure Brian got his money back I would hope so I'm sure he tried he's got a wedding to pay for really and then you know everything after that <laughs> then just life <laughs> married life here they are sitting on another thing marriage oh I think this was the shot that Marco was like talking about it's like yeah they totally didn't need to do this on an actual up high kind of thing they could have just built this part of the set on the ground or they had built it on the ground or just or like built the thing on the green screen then. I thought it was some shot I don't know but maybe this is a green screen shot I oh, can't boy. it's cool camera work though however it is oh no Cage wants to smoke but they can't kill him <laughs> he's joking about it he knows this guy gets it because he was just like Cage once. Now, do you think Dennis Franz was like, you know, more gaunt, skinny, and this is him like in when Bender turned into a human and he just went full gluttony on the world and just decided to he like... He became hedonism bot? Yeah, just like, you know, treat himself every day. I don't know, maybe. I feel like he wouldn't last, like, how long would you last if you're like, all right, now I'm human, I'm just going to like eat all the shit I want and just fucking drink Oh, that actually reminds smoke. me also of uh, Dead Like Me, where the Manic Tinker character, Rube, always orders these, like, ornate breakfasts, and he talked about it, you know, in an interview, they're like, oh, because once you're dead, like, you don't gain any weight. He's like, but me, the actor... I gain weight, so I need to be very careful about what I eat on screen. <laughs> That's like um, defending your life when Albert Brooks dies and goes to, like the purgatory place like you could eat all you want and not gain a pound and it comes in like two seconds after you order it man that sounds great I made a joke about the diner one time I don't know if I was with you or who I was with but I was like this it got so fast at one point like we ordered food and it came out in like five minutes I was like this is like the movie Defending Your Life I don't think it was you because I ended up explaining that movie to the person I was with so I don't think it was me I hadn't seen it up back at the beach This would look, I don't know, I feel like even though it's made long ago and it, the DVD's grainy as hell, a good cleanup on this would look nice. Well, I mean, it's on Blu-ray. I have it on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a well-shot movie. It's just mm-hmm. a very oddly not-quite-romantic romantic <laughs> movie. Or, like, questionably romantic movie. So he can't feel yet, right? He can just sort of sense, like... He he can understand that the sunrise is beautiful, but he can't feel the heat. Is that what's happening? Or I don't remember. We haven't been paying attention enough to you. So oh, they're listening to the sunrise. That's what it is. They can hear. It's like a song. Nudity. That's right. Franz ass. And then, what was his character's name? Like, Sipowitz or something? I feel like there was a big joke when uh, I was in high school. Like, he showed his ass on TV, and it was during, um, like, prime time or something like that. (laughs) Really? Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, Franz butt. All I remember is, and I don't know why why this is burned into my brain, but on a very early episode of Family Guy, because I watched the first, like, handful of seasons, 
they they make a, a cutaway joke to the Hitler show where he's interviewing Hollywood hunk Christian Slater. It's like, uh, will you show us your butt? He's like, uh, Hitler, I, I got it, I got it. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, he's just, like, interviewing hung Christian Slater. He just, like, asks, you know, Christian Slater to moon the crowd. So and Christian Slater says, it, yes, I'll do it. Did it sound something like, why, sure thing, of course I will. I'm Christian Slater, not Jack Nicholson. Let me see if I can find that on YouTube. Family Guy, Hitler. This is going to be a weird search. <laughs> Family Guy. That's, that's going to really fuck with your algorithm. There, Hitler. Your, your searches. Uh, Christian... Slater. Oh, there's some terrible CG. Look at that. That is like Woo! copy and paste, please. Oh, Norm MacDonald. Family Guy looks like it takes place in the Critic universe. If you ever seen the Critic, the John Lovitz, I know about cartoon. it. Oh, it's you'd love it because it's about it's all about films and a film. Yeah, critic. but it's, it's on my list. I think somewhere it's drawn like almost the exact same way. They even did a Critic Simpsons crossover episode that was pretty terrific about a short film festival in Springfield. So on this week's episode, I think of the Simpsons as we're recording. So tonight, you know, two weeks ago, as you're listening to this, I think there's a whole episode where Mark Maron oh, interviews Krusty. Mark Maron? You know. The godfather oh, of podcasting. Although I think not quite. I've heard of him through other podcasts, for sure. No, I know of Mark Maron. I actually had a friend who didn't really date, but like used to hang out with that crowd for a while. And like hung out with him a couple times. Well, like the L.A. comedian crowd? No, one like crowd? he was in New York. Oh, like so way Him and Voss and like those okay. guys. And like Back when he was fucked up. Or like maybe right after. I don't know. She's kind of vague about it. I don't really bring it up because I'm not like, entirely interested. But anyway, mm. yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. Like between the Simpsons and the new Halloween movie, and like uh, podcasting is really you know mainstream. Man, it's it's part of uh, you know everyone knows what it means now. But and do then, they? Well, I think between Serial uh, that got a lot of like hype. Uh, you know, that whole NPR crowd and everything, right? Like, so I think, like, in the fall sometime, I didn't see it, I just heard about it. SNL did a sketch about the podcast awards or whatever, the pod. The oh, yeah, that sounds and, right. Yeah. And, uh, the people are, I was, you know, I was listening to it, I think they're talking about a Never Not Funny, and they were talking about how it's big enough that people understand what it is. Like, they're like, oh, I know about this thing. Yeah. But they don't know, like, most of America doesn't know who Mark Maron is. Okay, so yeah, so it's kind of like... It's big enough, but not big enough. Yeah, it's like the internet in 90s movies where it's like, oh, like, computers can do so much stuff now, like, we're aware of the internet, but we don't know what the internet, like, capabilities actually are, so we're going to allow for, like, full motion video in a 1996, like, you know, romantic comedy or something. (laughs) Um, Is this their first kiss? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, the net and hackers and just like, we're going to see what the future's like. The information superhighway. Yeah. Although I'm surprised there hasn't been a movie yet about just, you know, some guy podcasting while he drives cross country with his friend. Like, you know, why haven't we just shot I that? I feel like <laughs> that is in a way, although it's not that, but like the end of the tour where it's the Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg, 
Okay, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that movies. yet. Um, the guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, the lead of that movie. He's in the Avatar universe. Yeah, no, I know. I can picture What's him. And I'm name? trying to think of the author he plays, though. Oh, uh, <laughs> Infinite David Jest. Wallace. Yeah. Um, God, what's his name? He's also... He's slapping the bass. That's right. And he's How I Met Your Mother. Oh, my God. What's his name? And he's in the Muppets. Read a new Muppet movie. Jason. Jason. Is it Jason? Definitely Jason. It's not Jason Sudeikis. No, or Statham. I could look it up. This is this is terrible for whoever's li- If you're listening, email mailbag at cageclub.me. Yell at us. We can hear. It, we can we can sense this ghost screaming at us. There's like a cage oh, angel God. in the corner telling us it's like Scrooge with Bill Murray. He wrote the, the Muppet SS movie. Minnow. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis. Maybe it's not Jason. I could have sworn it was. Oh God, he's also the Freaks and Geeks. Hmm. Is he in Wet oh, Hot? Barbecue. Family. This even looks like, you know, early mm-hmm. Fast and Furious or Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, shoot. I could just look it up. I don't want to look it up, We've though. been looking everything else up. I don't understand why this is, like, crossing a line. Look at that disgusting view of the power plant. Poor guy. This actually looks like the what? scene in, I think it's in Bad Boys 2, where they have the pool. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And they break the pool. That's at the very end when they break the pool. That's, that's, not, that's not the very end. That's in the middle, I think, isn't I thought it? that was at the very no, end because when the pool finally breaks. Shot in the ass. Oh, it breaks twice, doesn't it? it probably breaks I think twice. it breaks twice. He gets, shot in the, he gets shot in the ass, and he's got like his little donut pillow. Yes. And then he takes ecstasy and goes to the captain to us. That movie fucking rules. I'm just excited that Vanessa Hudgens is going to be in the third one. She's posted some stuff on Instagram of her, like, working out, mm. like, like, Will Smith's gym. Oh, cool. So she's going to be, like, action mode. I so can't. the girl can see him? I think kids are just pure of heart, you know what I mean? Like, they can always see them. Or can everyone at the party see him? Jason Siegel. Siegel. Doesn't feel right, but it's right. Well, it's like the bird. I looked it up. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, wait, why, why do we bring all. him up? <laughs> oh, end of the tour. Because like it feels like podcast just, movie about just driving. Yeah. He's you know Jesse Eisenberg is interviewing him and like sort of recording him. And he's just, yeah, just sort of ad libbing right? in the car as they drive and go from place to place or whatever. And it is sort of the prototypical. But it would be podcast you know, movie. Yeah, but they're not actually recording a podcast. It's also like due date, right? Is that the Robert Downey Jr. Zach oh, I mean, Allen it's like any. I mean, you know, a road a, movie. A good road. I just watched the one with uh, that's on. Um, the one with um, the new, um, damn it, my, The Long Dumb Road, I think it's called. Oh, with, with Man yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I liked it a lot. Like, I was very, I was like, uh, I'm in the mood just for a road, road trip movie, but like, oh, I love these actors. And what do you know? Oh, like, Cage, not in the picture. He's like a vampire. Hmm. I was like, what do you know? There's like great chemistry, and I like the situations they get into. And But yeah, so who knows? Maybe I'll just put it on the list of outlines. That's a deep V for Cage with that chest hair popping out. Mm -hmm. There's some Dos Equis behind him too, not Coronas, but can't all be perfect. Dos Equis in the uh, Escape from Danamora, or Escape at Danamora, that uh, miniseries on Showtime, which is great, where uh, Alabama Worley helps the prison escape, break out of prison. Uh, but she, you know, they promised as the DJ as the goes from on, the Last Jedi. Yes, don't they, join. They <laughs> promised that they're going to bring her to Mexico with them, and so she orders El Rey. Dos Equis. Ah. You know what I love about Alita? This is a uh, you know talking about El Rey. Don't spoil. Just 
Tony just cut off his thumb. Oh my gosh, that was an amazing effect. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, no, what I love about Alita is that a lot of the characters are just Hispanic because oh, because Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, Rosa Salazar plays Alita, which is she's great. Uh, Isaac Gonzalez plays a bad guy. She's great. Isn't Jackie Earl Haley one of the cyborgs? I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but it just made me laugh because we just saw him in Losing It. Losing It. Did you listen to that episode? Do you listen to the episode? I li- I've been listening to more and more. I mean, I look, the last he couple months have been hard, hard to... Because I put, like, every time we said the, the title Losing It, I dropped in a little audio of the song. <laughs> he is in Elite Battle Angel. Okay. I think he plays one of the robo-men. But every time, like, somebody shows up, I was like, Mahershala, he's in that movie? Except Christoph Fultz. Uh, but he is German, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's, he's German? He's very mildly... In the movie? So, no, no, no. He's in the movie oh, a lot. Oh, but his, his accent is sort oh, of mild. So I have... I think I already... I put it back in my closet. But I have what I think is based... Is the anime... Like the, um, like the short series of animes that the uh, movie's based on? Huh. You want to... Here, I'll, give me a sec... Uh, here we go. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's always been me. Oh, look at that! I thought it was cool. All right, let's see here. Battle Angel Hunter Warrior. Oh, this is not definitely the same thing. I muted your microphone, so you come back up. So yeah, from the acclaimed series by Yukito Kishiro. Okay. Um, yeah, this is so in in the world the hunter warrior. So like it it's it the movie takes place three hundred years after the fall, which okay. is this great grand war. Right. The movie takes place in the twenty five hundreds or something, and hunter warriors are basically bounty hunters. Oh, okay. That there are these like machines that are kind of replace cops. They're called centurions. That these big machines that like patrol the streets and like sort of enforce the law. But if you want to earn income. You sign up to be a hunter warrior, oh, okay. and they hunt. You know, there's like a you go look on the computer and see who's who's got a bounty on them. And you just, like, oh, if cool. you kill them, you can redeem their head for a bounty. So definitely, that's hunter warrior, battle angel. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that's per se about like I don't know how much they changed. I, I haven't watched that in several years, but I found it. I dug it out because I wanted to check it out maybe tonight before I go see the movie. She uh, is the battle angel. Her name is Galley. No, I think it's... But I don't know how much of that has changed from translate. You know, if I watch it with subtitles, if it's a different name, or... It's just inspired by it. It feels like it's maybe another story that takes place in the same world, you know oh, what I mean? there you go, there you go. Because it's the same, it's Scrap Iron City, it's yeah, it looks the Sky like the City trailers. of Salem. Right. It looks like the trailer, so it could just be sort of a, uh, they reimagined it. So the only real problem with Alita Battle Angel is that it's... it's 100% set up to be the start of a franchise, and mm. I don't think it's doing well enough to get a second movie. Oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. I wonder how much it costs, because Rodriguez is really good at cutting corners and cost and filming stuff on the cheap and making it look a lot more expensive um, than it costs. Like, that's always, to me, been his flair, was to be down and dirty, quick, fast, and loose. And then $70 million. Uh, Never mind. But he, you know what, though? If I'm also not mistaken, is it Troublemaker Studio? Like he self, he must have self financed. Or James Cameron helped with this James one. James Cameron, that's right. But he's got his own. What was James Cameron bitching about? Oh, Aquaman. Oh, that was hilarious. Uh yeah. I prefer my underwater the, scenes to be realistic. That's just not the way things move underwater. It's like James Cameron, go f yourself sometimes, you know. 
because he was going to, a long time ago, he was going to direct just, I remember a movie just called Battle Angel, so this must be, oh, this song, Joey, the McLaughlin song, oh, and there's a dog, oh no, so thankfully that commercial by hasn't been James on James Cameron and John Landau. Okay, so it's not a, it's not entirely just like a Rodriguez production like his other films So stuff. it is, so estimates right now. They're going to make thirty-six million domestic, another thirty-five foreign, so seventy-two worldwide. But like, it I needs think to. I think foreign's going to pop higher. I think it's going to be big. It like looks, China, it looks so fucking cool. Like it looks it. So it, it's basically. <laughs> I've seen the trailer. Like it does so look it's, awesome. It's the story of the Matrix, kind of. Like she's the chosen one in a sense, where she yeah, has to figure well, out who she is. It's just the hero's journey. Yep. Right. Um, but she like she has like multiple moments where like oh that's a neo moment like and like it would bother me if I didn't like the movie I was like oh fucking cool uh, <laughs> and it's sort of. Speed racery when they play motorball. Right. Um, it's it's sort it's of a, set it's a little in, Elysium, right? Set, well, well, there is Elysium, yeah, uh, which I'm sure will be in the second and third movies or whatever. It's sort of set in kind of Valerian-ish world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just man, it's just, just like all kinds of crazy creatures and cultures and everything mashed up. I would love to because I think I think this movie could make. Uh, here it comes, awkward sex scene. It's... Maybe close to a hundred domestic, and if it makes another three or four hundred worldwide, well, you know what's really helping it is that I can only find it playing around here in three D because, like, there's very limited two D screening in, around my neighborhood. Like at the mall, um, I think there's maybe four out of like twelve showings are in two D. Yeah, I saw it in Dolby, which is great. I kind of want to see it again. I also wonder, like, with AMC A list, if I buy a ticket mm. and I don't go. Hmm. Does AMC kick the, the the the? Do they know you don't go though? Uh, no, I don't think so. But like, do they kick the studio a couple bucks? Oh, I think everything just keeps going along, even if you don't show up. It's all just the same. So I should just, I should just buy tickets to movies that I like. That I you know, why not? If I'm not going to see movies in a week, because I can see three for free, quote unquote. But I would uh, love to just to would, help boost <laughs> ticket sales for other slowly, films. That, slowly like, but surely. Well, like yeah, like if for. Uh, I don't know, like, I haven't done this since I was, like, a little kid, but, like, you know, sometimes we would buy tickets for one movie and go see another movie, you know, yeah. because it's like, oh, like, we we saw that already, but we want, uh, whatever, like, we wanted to get the uh, popularity and stuff. But So right now, uh, Alita Battle Angel is my second favorite movie of the year behind the movie that I know you saw that I liked more than you. Replicas. No. Just kidding. Braid. Oh, yeah, I really did like Braid. I wasn't sure about the three and a half and the four. I w- almost gave it four because it's really – I might even kick it up because Man, of its ambition. Is, but it's, just, it's crazy to look at. Here's the thing. Like, I just wasn't prepared for it to go – I'm glad it did, but I wasn't prepared for it to go that far off the rails. And I wasn't sure if it – I don't understand the ending. If it worked, and I think that's why I'm still like – I don't care if it worked or not because it felt right and like it was really crazy that movie. So what I love is that – so the reason I heard about it was because uh, the the main girl, the the mother – Okay. Yeah, I've seen uh, her. Plays, uh, she's the lead in Cam, which came out last year on Netflix, which is great. Ah, yeah. Uh, the redhead girl. Yes. Um, the girl who – not doctor. The no, other one. daughter. The daughter. This sounds like we're being vague. Like these are like these are there's daughter, doctor, and mother. Daughter plays. Uh, she was in that uh, Stars series. She never saw Rust and Bone, which is about the ballet dancers. Okay. But she was in an episode of Room 104, which is that Duplass series on HBO. HBO. And she's like, I think, like this professionally trained ballet dancer, and she's like incredible. Okay. And she's also beautiful. Yes. And so I was everyone in the movie is beautiful and very good. I was waiting for her to like 
pirouette Dance or something. Or something do, do pull off. And then the third forward. girl I didn't know, but I was like, because it's basically just the three of them. Yes. And I was yeah. like, oh, I, I like these two from other things. Let me watch this movie. And I was like, oh, this is way weirder than <laughs> I thought it was going to be. And like, just like they, they basically enter like you know Alice in Wonderland at times, where it's just like the Kinda. colors, just like all like like purple grass and everything's inverted. And yeah. Just, like, I don't know what's going on. Well, they're playing like that crazy game of house, and they seem to all be dosed with psychedelics, like knowingly or not. But like they're on crazy amount of drugs, and they're just playing through the scenario. But then, as the movie goes on, it's like who knows what. Yeah, you like, really lose the sense on of it? time, and right? Are they all in on it? Is is one of them not? In, if, in, like I felt stoned after watching. It. <laughs> like it is a trip. It is a trippy ass movie for sure. And I love that it was written and directed by a woman, starring pretty much all women. Like you know what? It, yeah, that was great. I really felt that, and I would appreciate. I, I that that energy was, came through thankfully very well. You know what? Kind of in the vein, I would say not that it's the it's similar movie, but it's it, it's sort of like a Mandy in the sense that it's like an acid horror trip kind of movie kind of thing like it's not as in slow and intense as mandy but it definitely flies off the rails in like similar ways i think you know what i was thinking it's kind of uh wait a minute i want to make sure i get the right movie hang on i don't know if it's actually the movie Ooh, i'm thinking proposal. of i think it is that hold on and then that uh gasper no movie is out right max i gotta see that still and then the new lars von trier i hear is insane um, what one's that? It's got... Isn't that the one with Riley Keough? Or did that come out? Oh, the House of Jack Builds. Yeah. That... So that... I don't know what the status of that is. That was a, a festival movie that I think might be floating around the dark web. You know what this reminded me of? I think I think it is that. It, it kind of reminded me of The Neon Demon, where they're, like, they're in this oh, yeah. ornate house. There's just like three women who are like yeah. not being kind to one no, another. And lots of crazy color and... That's not a bad call. But I looked up uh, Jenna Malone, because I was like, I know she's in it, and she's going to be in all ten episodes of, which I cannot fucking wait oh, for. Oh, the, the new reference. Nicholas Winding Reference, Too Old to Die Young. That's so John cool. Hawks is going to be in with Callie Hernandez. Callie Hernandez, who is uh, one of the dress girls in La La Land. Oh, so is um, Happy Tree. Death Day. Yeah. <laughs> but Callie Hernandez is also the, the female lead in The Endless. Oh, okay. I really like that movie. Yeah. Jenna Malone's in all ten episodes. Oh, okay. Miles Teller's in all and ten episodes. And she got in something else, too, I think. All, I remember looking all her up. Oh, of... She's in Alien Covenant. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All of the dress girls are in, are in things. Are, are tree, hits now. There's Tree. Mm-hmm. There's Callie Hernandez who's in all those things. And the third girl is the uh, robot in Ex Machina. No, really? That was her? Not Lisa Picotta, the Asian one. Oh, oh, right, right. The other... I forget there's several... Androids in them. Yeah, <laughs> I keep forgetting. No, right. Uh, Sonoya Mizuno uh, was in. She was in Crazy Rich Asians. She was in Annihilation. Uh, I don't think she was a big role in Annihilation. She was in La La Land, obviously, which is where we talk about Ex Machina, and she's also in all ten episodes of Maniac, which I've not seen. Ah, cool. I uh, I had um, speaking of Ex Machina, I had Tomb Raider on in the background while I was editing the other day, just because I really. It's like, always on TV now, and it looks cool as hell, and she's great in it, and I don't know. You know, I always love when Walter Goggins shows up in something and it's just like kind of, you're in this now? Okay. That's also why I like Live Free to Die Hard because Timothy Oliphant is so goddamn cool and justified. And he's also one of my favorite characters. He's like, I think he's the only man. He's the only man at Deadwood that I like. <laughs> because he's the only – here's the deal with him. He's the only one that's like like relatively noble. 
Yeah, like he's the only one with with any sense of of like uh, right or wrong. Basically. Well, I like John Hawks too. Like I like their shop. Yeah, but even John Hawks's character, you know, he him and Trixie on the side, like he does stuff that. Uh, the marshal does not approve, and I don't know. He, well, Timothy Oliphant also cheats on Anna Gunn, doesn't he? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, man. I got to go back. Got to go back before the movie. You don't have to. It's yeah, not dude. a good show. I love that show. I but think I'm the only person who like doesn't like... Mm, I should like that show, no, but... You know, I know other people that don't love it. So sad. But, like, I'm just surprised how much I do love that show is the thing. Like, that show got me into liking... Western movies. Well, like, that's a show that, like, you love, Tobin loves, like, Matt Gorley, who I obviously, you know, adore, podcaster. It's his favorite show of all time. Uh, Jimmy Pardo, it's, like, one of his two or three favorite shows of all time. It's Mm -hmm. not his favorite show of all time. Mm -hmm. But these people whose, like, tastes I mostly respect or, you know, like to, like, we like the same things. And I'm just like, I can't. It's just so, and I understand the the point, but it's just so vile. Yeah, yeah, that's, I just, you know, dig it. I hear you there, but, like, it's just a reflection of, you know, like how... What's her, what's her face? Not just how things... Are, Calamity Jane. Ugh. Not just how things were, but how things are, you know? I mean, every, the, the world in America is pretty vile, you know? Like, but, I like What's-His-Face in American Gods. Swearinger. Yeah. He's great in everything, though. Like, he's just an amazing actor. Like, what's uh, his name? Oh, son of a bitch. It's that time of day. I need my meds. My pills, my memory pills. Ian McShane. Yeah, he's in some good movies when he was younger too. Oh, here, here's that shot again. Creepy. Don't they have air traffic control rooms to be in? Don't they have like literal? I guess there's there's the idea that like there are just so many angels that they're everywhere. I guess. But also, there seems to be something fixating with Cage, like. They can sense that he's gonna go rogue, or well, if you think about like if you're an goes. angel and you live in heaven for eternity, you're able to go to Earth. Like at some point, you're gonna be kind of bored. I think maybe, maybe here he goes. And so, if you get wind that one of your angels is like maybe on the verge of becoming human, mm-hmm. that seems like must watch TV. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're like this hasn't happened since Dennis Franz jumped decades ago. <laughs> yeah, which is a blink in time for us, but still. Do you think Dennis Franz got a guardian angel after he became human, and will Cage, and and does Cage's friend become his guardian angel? Is that how it is? Are they like paired up in case one of them dies and becomes human? You mean like will Andre Brower watch after him? Yeah, maybe. I like that thought. You think you have to jump that high though? I guess you want to be sure. I'm surprised he didn't just go buy a gun or something. <laughs> That would have been a funny scene. There's still 35 or 40 minutes left in this movie. I guess you got to find a free way to die. So, live freeway or die hard. <laughs> I'm str- I'm still sitting here. Do you think of- that was Marco with him like the back because he can't see? Probably, Cage, probably right. I'm still struggling here in the back of my mind trying to figure out how they're going to incorporate the number three into the next Happy Death Day sequel. <laughs> Happy D three F Day. Like part of my mind is always like sort of thinking about that today. Because it also, like, how, you know, like the, the number was um, worked into, like, the Fast and Furious titles and stuff. Like, I've been thinking about that, too. Like, how can that keep going? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This is very Matrixy, Like, the the falling with a black trench coat thing with the Neo music kind of going. 
Well, I don't know if you saw, but they announced officially they they, sh- they shifted the date a little bit. But Fe- Furious or whatever oh, yeah. it's going to be called Nine is uh, Memorial Day next year, May okay. twenty two, twenty twenty. So right. two years ago, in a Fast and Furious movie. That's right. We get one this. Maybe that's and then what they're maybe doing. The female will be or the female version will be twenty twenty one. There you go. And then Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw 2. 2 in 2022. <laughs> and then Fast, Fast 10. 10 year seatbelts. Fast 10 year seatbelts. In 2023. And then maybe we'll all be hashtag blessed by the Han Giselle spinoff. Oh, that we all, come on. We all know that we all needs, deserve. Like, and that can still happen so easily. Like, they, they would totally do it. I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of whether Gal Gadot has time and wants to do it. Like, I feel like all the other pieces are there. In theory. Because yeah. I feel like, what's Sun Kang doing? I don't know. What is Sun Kang? Why isn't he Bond? Bond, Han, Han, Han Bond. Bond. That was a great call on your episode. Bond 2D2. That was on your episode. Oh, that was on my episode. I got. I'm, I must admit, I'm getting them all a little confused. I listened to that one this morning. <laughs> it's like a big one, two, three punch. Oh, here comes off. Here comes uh, Nick Offerman, if I'm not mistaken. He's bloody. He's never been so happy to see blood. Oh, pain. I can feel pain. So he feels the pain of falling off a building and has no broken bones. Just like Dinosaur <laughs> Jr., he feels the pain of everyone. But that's what I mean. Like, maybe if he just drowned himself, he wouldn't have, like, bloody broken bones and... <laughs> it does sort of feel weird, because it just feels like he has selective cuts on him. And that he's not actually injured. He's just cosmetically injured? Mm-hmm. Cosmically injured. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here he is. That's him with no mustache. Okay. He's got the overalls next to this guy. That's a In young... the middle, yeah, grinning. Oh my god, is it red? He's skinny here too. If you ever see Nick Offerman in person, just walk up to him and ask, Is it red? You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just like if you ever see Hanks in person, you must walk up and ask the great Pardue sonny, to sonny, bless sonny, you. Sonny, 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 sonny. No, you get Yes, we call, I gotta call him Pardu. <laughs> Pardu, the holy man. Oh, blessed ninth level holy man, Pardu. What I was thinking about the Tom Tom Club, which we have not really talked about in this episode. <laughs> Wait, look at this. That's I love amazing. It. I love it. That's total like face that's off. That's dancing. I'm gonna cross off dancing. Yeah, that's dancing. I mean, that even reminds me a little like this feels like the end of Wild at Heart almost when he, before um, before and kind of after he runs into that little gang that beats him up. Oh, I turned on the TV the other day and Wild at Heart was just on at the end where he was like getting the shit kicked out of him by <laughs> those guys. Yeah, and then he goes Lula, and then he finds her because this, this was after. Mm. Or maybe I maybe I saw I don't remember because I was I was on the call while it was happening. But like he gives his kid the, the the teddy bear or whatever, and then she's like, I can't do this. She drives away. He walks away, gets the shaky out of him, and then Runs Laura Palmer back. comes, right? Wakes him up. The witch. He says Lula, and then goes and he just sings to her over the credits. And I'm just like, oh god, it's so perfect. Um, but yeah, that's I mean the end of Wild at Heart is just all of Wild at Heart. Although they just announced, I'm sure I'm sure you saw the. Uh, Blue Velvet come to Criterion. Oh, I can't wait. I almost bought the Blu-ray that had like 45 minutes of extra footage. This is like 50-something minutes of extra footage, and it's all official. What I want, though, is Inland Empire on Criterion, because it's only on DVD. It's not a Blu-ray. Not only is it only on DVD, but I have a Region 2 DVD of it from like Australia, because oh. the American version is like hundreds of dollars. Is it really? Because it's out of print. Oh, it's I have all, that. It's all like I also so I have that, and I also have that really uh, expensive, the lime green box set, which yeah. is like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah, that's out of print too. It makes me like it's funny because I was talking to Brian about my Godzilla collection, and like 
so much of it's out of print that like several of those movies are like hundreds of dollars for some reason on Amazon. Well, I think it's I told you bizarre. that like years ago, like seven years ago, I think I even might have talked about this on a previous revisited. I bought the Lone Wolf and Cub, yeah, for twelve dollars, <laughs> and then I sold it open. Like I never watched it, but I opened it because I opened things back then, and I sold it open, so used for a hundred and sixty dollars. And then they put out, which I have not bought yet, but they have the entire series on Criterion. Yeah, list price a hundred. So like when it's on sale, it's fifty. You yeah, know what I mean, like I it's... have all the like episodes, but they're all like the older. It's not Criterion right now. All I all I own is just Shogun Assassin, which is just I guess the remix of the first two or whatever. So yeah, it's like uh, first two seasons or something. But yeah, man, like. I really want so like so. What do we have? We have uh, on Lynch on Criterion. There's Mulholland Drive, which I own. Yeah, I got that. There's the Blue Velvet. There's the cool uh, Shout Factory. Racerhead. Oh, I, Eraserhead. I don't have that Criterion because I already. I, think I, do. I don't think I do. Yeah, I have the Wild at Heart. Shout. What I so what's coming out? So Oscilloscope, which I, I think was that. I thought so, yeah. Cause, I think he cause started the, that. Because the awesome I shot that was mm-hmm. Oscilloscope. I think that was his. And there's a couple other movies on that. There's a bunch. Like, there's a handful that I really like, but what's coming out in March sometime is Columbus, that Koganana movie. Oh, yeah, I really like And it. so I tweeted at them because there's like the standard case and there's also the limited edition Digipack. I'm like, it's the same price. I'm like, what's the difference? Um, they didn't tweet back to me yet. Uh, let me see here. David Lynch. Um, Eraserhead? I have Eraserhead on, uh, Criterion. Uh, oh, we got punched in the face by a gang. This is very wild at heart. Um, yeah, I got that on DVD a while back. It's a really good one, though. So, like, I was like, uh, I could save the money on the... I'm trying not to double up anymore. Like, with 4K, I'm trying to buy movies I never owned. Well, because that, that's the other thing. Like, on a TV this size, even on a TV my size, yeah. going from Blu-ray to 4K... It's not super noticeable. Yeah, I notice. I actually think it looks. I think the 4K upgrades the Blu-rays really well. To be honest with you, I kind of do notice the difference. I don't know, but I, mean, I understand what you're saying. Like it would show more on a much bigger TV. But I'll tell you what: if I, I when I put a DVD into the 4K player, like it kind of looks like shit. Well, so that's the whole thing. So like going from. So like if you're over like. Now, all TVs you buy are 4K, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you have to sort of oh, another dog. try to find a, a 2K, yeah. 1080p. Yeah. But you really don't need 4K unless you're, like, over 65. Because, like, the pixels don't get, like, mm. blown out until you're there. And then, like, for 8K, unless you're over, like, 85, oh, yeah. well, you that's, don't really need that. Yeah. But, like, but in, in three oh, or four years... 8K is just going to be out. And, like, you know, it's it's going to be sort of where 4K is a year or was a year ago, where it's, like, it's expensive, but it's not ridiculous. Got it. And yeah. then, you know, in six years, maybe, like, eight, like you're going to be able to go buy, like, a in, in theory, possibly. I don't know. It all depends. But you could buy, like, a $300 8K TV just because, like, that's what it is. Where it is, yeah. But the problem with this is that, you know, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon all stream in 4K. 4K discs are great. Mm-hmm. But... Cable companies do not yes. have the physical bandwidth to deliver 4K content. Right, correct. So you either buy the outdated medium of physical media, which nobody except for you know like us do, mm-hmm. right? Or uh, you pay Netflix and stuff, which is great. 
but other than that, like it, it the, the infrastructure not is not yet. there. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think that's why I held off for so long, to be quite honest. And like, I still could have held off longer, but I needed a new DVD player, and it was Christmas. So <laughs> there you go. So I watch all my DVDs in the actual PlayStation Four now at the yep. moment, and they look fine. Like the PS4 Pro is not crazy expensive. The Xbox One S is cheap. The Xbox One X is a little bit more expensive, but they all have the 4K player in them. Um, you know, it's not prohibitively expensive hmm. to play oh, 4K man, anymore. Oh man, he looks the crap. But that's the thing. He, he loves it though, right? No, yeah, he's living. He needs a nurse too. He needs a doctor. You know, should I cross off? Uh, it would be metaphorical. Oh, wait, Cage jail. He was in a prison of his own making. I don't know. You've already got bingo. But Cage is on screen with an animal. Several dogs in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, singing, I'm going to cross off because he was singing and dancing when he walked down the street. I don't know if I'm going to... I mean, he's not going to Nolan, so I'm not getting that. He's not going to Vegas. He mentioned Reno. Twin Peaks connection. Hmm, we've been talking about a lot of David Lynch, but, but not we're Twin watching Peaks, this. Weirdly, specifically. Cage will freak out at the end here. Um, this now reminds me of Leaving Las Vegas, where she's Sarah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, so he, weird. Uh, Leaving Las Vegas came up on the, I don't know if it'll be out by now, but the March episode of Third Time to Charm is Leprechaun no, 3. It comes out next week. Okay, and, uh, you know, let's just say that there's a couple in there that, you know, rivals Cajun Shoe. That's all I'll say. I'll have to listen huh. to, to find out what we're talking about. Is that about. you and there, Dan? Yeah, there are some star-crossed lovers in Las Vegas going on in that movie. Now, this episode comes out February 28th. Oh. So as you're listening to this, three days from now, on this Sunday, catch out Third Time to Charm, Leprechaun 3. Is that in the hood? No, hood was five and what's, six. What's in space? Four. So I've only so, seen four. We go down the line. We talk about the whole franchise. Is there a subtitle for three or is it called Leprechaun 3? It's just called Leprechaun 3. I'm surprised it's not called Leprechaun 3 Vegas or something. Vegas, Was it, was it called Leprechaun 2? Yeah, just Leprechaun, Leprechaun, Leprechaun 2. Leprechaun Leprechaun 3, Leprechaun in space. Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in space. Leprechaun... Are they and, all Warwick Davis? Well, so he did six of them. He did up until... The, he went back to the hood for the second time. Okay. And then they did Leprechaun Origins with a pro wrestler called Hornswoggle. Don't know. It was a very bad one. He, the, the Leprechaun creature is barely in it. Dan makes a good point on the episode of saying it feels like they took another script and retrofitted it for Leprechaun so they didn't lose the rights. Uh, and then Compromise. I, I watched the new one, Leprechaun Returns, which is a direct sequel to Leprechaun 1. It's a new actor, but it's the same character, and it's actually quite good. It was very fun. Yeah. Touching knees, erotic knees, Charlize Theron oh. knees. And so this is crazy. It was blowing my mind because so it's the eighth Leprechaun movie in the series, but it's a direct sequel to the first Leprechaun film. Yeah. So technically they could make Leprechaun Returns again, and it would be another part, part three. three. So it's got a weird, cool anthology thing well, going aren't on. They, so there was obviously Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, but... Aren't they making a new Terminator mm-hmm. movie that's a direct sequel to 2? Yep. So there's a new Terminator 3. And then also if they make Back to the Hood again, it would be the third time Leprechaun goes to the hood. So there could be three... Become a Leprechaun podcast. <laughs> Lep for life. This is very awkward. Look at Steamy mm-hmm. fire. Again, sort of wild at hearty. Oh, this took me the first time he ever... You know... Is he losing his virginity? No. Yeah. Well, yes. yes. Yeah. Losing his religion. Losing it. That's right. He's losing it. Oh, my God. This is insane. Look at her. She's taking it. 
And neither of them are really moving much. They're just she's just sort of well, like sitting on him. Yeah, I don't even think is she sitting on him. Yeah, I thought she was just sort of cradling it in his in, his, in her hand. This is more tender than the Zondali <laughs> love me. I can tell you that. Much. Oh yes, Zondali Cage had no idea what he was. What was Cage doing? again? He has no idea what he's doing here, though. I know, but he has a better idea of what not to do here. He thought he knew what he was doing in Zondali. We were made to fit together. Hmm. That's, that's the quote for the episode. That's kind of. Where's your? Can I have a pen that you had before? That's kind of psycho-y. Oof. We were made. Lake Tahoe? Oh, that's a nice shot. The movie's filled with nice shots. It's no, just, I know. I'm you know, just calling them out. Yeah, no. I'm I'm, I'm not <laughs> correcting you. I'm just sort of emphasizing what you're saying. Yeah. No, no, I know. I... It's kind of funny. It keeps the cut. This also reminds me a little bit of the next. You know, by that, like the... Where it's him and Jessica Biel and the oh, yeah, yeah. I don't and know if it's by I, a no. lake, but it feels no. Wait, wasn't they? Well, they go down to the lake in the in between the mountain where she's like teaching Native but Americans how to ride horses or whatever. Wasn't that the Grand Canyon? Yeah. Oh my God. Where it's uh, you know. No, but you're right. Showers and in, in getaways and, and she uh, and Jessica Biel showers in next, and she comes mm-hmm. out in the towel, and he's just like, ooh. <laughs> and she's very open. Does he can drink it? Please don't drink it. Okay. What? Okay. <clears throat> question now. If you fell in love with someone, okay? See the spray this in his mouth? And they... <laughs> oh! That's like the reverse Banaka from The Trust. Remember where he like... <laughs> I think we just saw Nude Cage too in the shower. We just missed him for a second. If the person you love showed up one day and was like, hey, I'm real now, but like, I don't know anything. Like, I'm a blank slate. Would you have sort of like a little remorse, be like, uh, I don't know if this is exactly what I bargained for. Like, if you were put into the Meg Ryan... So you're she saying, loves it. She so you're saying it, if you're like Letty and you have amnesia I, and you I, can't I, tell someone that, that they love you. And it's a little different because Letty didn't know you to begin, right? Like, she doesn't have any memory of that love. So I'm just saying, if you were Meg Ryan in this situation, okay, and your angel showed up and was like, I'm real now, would you be like, oh, uh, I kind of, it was cool when you were an angel and we had our thing going, like, now that you're real, would you be down with it like she is? Or would you sort of, I think I'd be a little like, ooh, I didn't ask you to become real for me. (laughs) That's like an SNL sketch. I guess it is. I don't know. what. I'm just trying to, like, you know, kill time, I guess, but, like. Another convenience store. All this is really convenient. Oh, this is like the a... inconvenience store, right? Because yeah. this is when she bites it. Oh boy! So Cage is going to freak out. I'm just going to cross that off. It's not going to help me win anyway. So here, you know, oh, she's now feeling the sun. She's hearing the sun. Whatever she's oh, doing. Oh, she's hearing again. It, this yeah. is sort of reminding me of the bike we were talking about it before of Tomb Raider. But like the coolest part of Tomb Raider is the bike race, like the bike stuff. I don't know. I like the island stuff. I think that stuff's really cool. I, I like when she falls, like, she has to climb up the plane, and she falls uh, doing the... All the trailer uh, stuff. No, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I liked about that. I like the actual idea about the uh, the curse being a uh, virus. Like, I thought that was interesting. That was a cool twist and kind of thing. You know, the only thing I guess I could have used with that was spoilers, her finding her dad on the island. Like, that was a little like, oh, we're going to go there? Okay. I guess if we have to go there, they did it okay. Who plays her dad? Yeah, McManus from The Wire. Oh, Jimmy McNulty, yeah. McNulty. 
Yo, McNutty. McManus, McNutty. Yeah, what's his name? The British guy? Dominic West? Dominic West, yes. He's in a lot of stuff. That guy, yes. Sir, Sir Richard Croft. Here he goes. Uh, oh. He's feeling it. We're like, like you know, like one frame below, we could see some, uh, some, some crack, some butt crack, cage crack, cage crack. This also reminds me of the beginning of the Family Man, where he's shirtless. Yes, like, this is, this you know, is a, yeah, a sister brother film to that. He's in really good shape there. I mean, this is after you know three movies in a row of the action trilogy. So like, but you see how I feel like he's cooling down during this, as far as like an actor and everything, and just his whole pace. It's like I just did some really intense, and then you know what he does next? Fucking. Snake eyes, <laughs> where he just ramps it back up again to eleven, right at the start of that movie. Are we on the air? <laughs> oh boy! He does like really good job of like looking sleepy, like out of it, but also like in, in, intensely present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he does a good uh, sort of naive kind of thing, right? Where he's just like this. I'm so, waiting to be served, or I'm waiting to be taught. So I don't want to blame the victim here, but like, no, I, she's not wearing a helmet. Yep, she's acting insane on this bike. Yep, she could have probably stopped in time too. Look, she's plenty of time. I feel you could. Oh, log truck from next. Oh, nice. But also, it's not like it hit oh, her head wow. on. Candlers went out. Oh no, she could definitely skid under. She it. crashed into it. Like, you could jump or stop a bike in time not to crash into that. She could Tokyo Drift under it. She could have Tokyo Drifted under it. Although, this is also like the beginning of Fast and Furious 4. The, the oil tanker truck is, like, <laughs> bounding down, and then Dom has to sort of Tokyo Drift under it's it. It's exactly like that. Dude, imagine if they did a uh, bike chase in the new Fast and Furious movie. Bicycles? Yeah. Yeah, like, bicycle chase. Like, if it started with that, and it turns out it was, like, someone's kid... What if it was Dom's son? If they aged him up like 10 years and then maybe we'll have to maybe wait Brian? three or four. Brian's kid? Well, no, I mean, babe, like Brian is the oh, baby. Oh, Brian as a kid. No, 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 no. Dom's baby son is named Brian. Or maybe it's, oh, a flashback of young Dom being chased on his bike as a kid, him and Letty getting chased. And we, we see like the young crew. I, so I had a dream last night that I was like, oh, shit, I just unlocked the key to Tokyo Drift. Uh-oh. I think it's just too much Tokyo Drift in my brain, but, like, I had this idea that, like, somehow we never put the two together. There was there was time travel, and that both, like, I don't remember because I was, like, one of those where I, was, I woke up and I was like, I don't remember the bits, but it was something along the lines <laughs> of, like, Han and Dom were the same person at different points in time. Oh, so, and, like, spoiler, but, like, Lego Movie 2 action? Yeah. Where it's like, it's his future self come back to teach him, like, how to... <laughs> teach him about Chris Pratt history as an actor, I guess, like... But I hear ya. No, I like that. I, mean, I was like, I was like, oh my god, like, that makes... In my dream, in my dream I was like, oh, everything makes sense now. Well, it's better than the theory I cut out of my episode, because, I don't know, time, maybe? But the idea that uh, Sean and Han are the same person... And that it was just sort of a figment, it was his Tyler Durden <laughs> situation there, but it just does not work in the long run. You know, I think after Brian releases, a, we after both of the first two episodes are over two hours, I don't think you need to cut anything out, because we only recorded for like an hour 15 for yours, like you don't need to cut anything out for time. Well, I didn't know your guys were both going to be like twice as long as my episode, I would have like stretched well, and our, read more our, of the our book. Our segment, like our, so yeah. our actual episode was probably about the same, like a little bit longer than yours, but not crazy longer. 
we just have we a 40, lot of mail. We have the forty stuff. minutes of the intro, and right. then we play the games at the end. Right, right, right. Yours we recorded is probably an hour of talk, and then fifteen of the quiz, and that was it. You know what I mean? So yeah, Brian's Brian's two hours. <laughs> Brian records a lot more in the opening and closing than uh, I recorded. Than, but not even like it was like we still re- we still recorded with him for two hours. Mm. And I was giving him sh- I, got, I messaged our little thread uh, that I, I was giving him shit because like we were like ninety minutes in. He's like, we can't go scene by scene. I was like, yeah, we can't go scene by scene. <laughs> I was telling I was saying to Joe. I don't think I think I might have said to Brian too. But like I was so sick that day. And we had recorded, that was the second episode in a row we'd yeah. recorded for four hours, that I was falling asleep while recording. Oh, man. I had no idea. Because I was just like... And you were asking me if I was felt good enough to go for a second one in the row. You should have spoken up and said I needed to No, it was fine. It. But, like, I thought we were going to do, like... So, originally, the, the, what the plan was going to be was that Joe and I were going to do, like, with, with the two of you, like, the, our second half of the episode was going to be, like, an hour. Mm-hmm. And I figured Brian's would be, like, an hour. I was like, okay, cool. We'll be done by 11, you know, with a break in between. And, like... We instead recorded the intro, then we did our episode, which ran a little bit long, then we did two hours of Brian's, and we finished at, like, 12.15. I was like, Jesus, man, like, I can't... No. Like, it was good. Like, I'm glad that we did it, but I was just, like, that night I was just, like, dying. But I don't know. But I was glad we did it. I think it worked really well. I think the three-part crossover. If you don't know what we're talking about, we did Tokyo Drift on three different podcasts. On Too Fast, Too Forever, High School Slumber Party, and Third Time to Charm. I gotta go to Montana this summer and uh, defend it on real bad. What's crazy, man? I'm looking on uh, Rotten Tomatoes right now. Is that isn't it romantic has a better score than I think both Happy Death Day and Alita? That's that's very disheartening. It's very sad to hear. They're all in the '60s, but it's like you know, whatever. Rotten Tomatoes is a broken system. The Hoff Bros love it, but I don't. Cajun old denim, Canadian tuxedo. Shout out Lindsey Gibb. Holy crap! Yeah, look at him. He's wearing the Jay Leno collection. Denim on denim. Very nice. I'll pick up a peach at some point here. Come on, you know you wanna. Maybe we should change peaches to peaches or fruit. I think we might have. We might have changed it to fruit. No, I think we did peaches or something. It was something also specific. He's got his pear mm. again. No, I don't know. I think we said peach or fruit. But we should just change it to fruit, though, or something. Peach or fruit. Even though a peach is a fruit. Oh, he's obsessed with the pears. It's the only food he had, so it's the only one he wants to eat. Reminds me of her. We still get, like, dozens of downloads of this bingo card every month, and I don't know why. Like, it just... I don't know who's using it. Mm -hmm. Well, someone who had to have at least heard one of our bingo episodes, so they knew to download. (laughs) I don't... I have no idea. I mean, they're linked on every page. Like, there's, there's, there's ways for people to find it, but still, I don't know. Oh, he's talking to his buddy. We've got soon coming out. I think March twelfth or something on Blu-ray is Spider-Man. Oh yeah, yeah Spider-Man Be- Between Worlds soon. comes out next week on Blu-ray. Oh, boy, <laughs> come on, that movie's that movie's a lot of fun. No. Yes. Come on, it's got Cage with the the hose scene. Is I understand. Reading his own poetry from the book of Nicolas Cage. Like, uh, that was a blast. I, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to Spider-Man. Like, I feel no, like I know. I'm no, very much looking forward to Spider-Man. Because last year, 2018, we had a new new movie in January. We had a new movie in February, I think. Maybe we had one in either March or April. Like, we were yeah, ahead of the curve. Yeah, it was rolling. It was rolling. 
I know we're going to get there this year, mm-hmm. but we're it's it's uh, the, the it's February is slow and no new cage yet. So you know, the exciting thing is that I think by mid year ish. Love a new Zack Attack, because I think Peach Bum comes out, I think, in March. Mm-hmm. So I figure by June or July, it'll be out on VOD and Blu-ray. That's good. And then this fall, Netflix bought the rights to incredibly, or shockingly evil, vile, and wicked, whatever. Uh, so this fall, when, like, day and date, when it hits Netflix, we can record and release that weekend. Sweet. Uh, there's a couple of new Zack Attacks. Zack's Attack. You know, I was, in Lego Movie... We're going to do, I don't know if we, I, don't, I think we mentioned on one episode, we're going to do, for Magic Mike's, we're going to do Lego Movie, Lego Movie 2, and Lego Batman all as one episode, because like, he's not in any of them enough to like do Yeah, he's in the new one the most, Channing, when he's mowing the yard. With the Green Lantern just like in love with him. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, he, he, he disappears for a while, then he comes back at the end in, in uh, mm-hmm. the in, new one. You know yeah. that girl, the live-action girl, is Mooney from uh, Florida Project. She's the main little girl oh, in the really? project. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Pierce. Oh, okay. I liked how they had um, Maya Rudolph as the mom. Wasn't it her? Yeah, they ha- they don't have Will Ferrell. He just shouts up from, from the upstairs at one, at one point. You hear him two or three times. Yeah. I can eat a pear for days. It just doesn't roll off the tongue to say, oh, another, there's another beach shot. All these beach shots, man. There's Denim just walking over there. They see him now, and he knows they're there. Is that Marco? <gasps> that was Marco, wasn't it? Holy! There he is! There he is! Yeah, yep. Oh, that was awesome! Holy shit! That's the first time we, I think we've, you know, clear-cut spotting. Well, I mean, Pizza Guy and Magic Men. Oh, right! Dude, well, well I don't remember. that. We, did, we revisited that a while ago, like a year ago. I think, because I think that might have been... Because when, when we were doing like... Cage Club originally, here he goes. Uh, when we were doing Cage Club originally, I was doing like I was going very in depth. So, do you think Marco replaced Cage as an angel? Like <laughs> he's standing in. That's wonderful. Next time I go to the beach, I got to try that. He's so happy. He's like looking at Jake and Amy, proud of them. Look at him, body surfing. surfing. Yeah, yeah. A... That's the mark of someone whose true domain is the beach. And then the shark from the shallows just comes up and bites him and eats him. Or the Meg. Just chomps him in there. Fucking Meg. One gulp. Don't you mean, oh, the fucking Meg. Gotta say it like Jason. That's a cool way to end the movie. For dawn. Hmm. You think for a person or for the time of day? Probably the time of day. It works both the best ways. Time of day. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of the, the, the dawn. You know, there's a lot of dawn in here. So here we go. I don't think we had a titular line spoken. Did not have a flashback. No Elvis or the Beatles. Was not set at a holiday. There was no war. Whoa. I don't think anybody played a musical instrument. I missed a lot of the same ones you did. Accentuating an obvious specific word, maybe, but you know who we knows. Didn't hear that. It not our Saturday anyway. film. Cage. Oh, Cage Eight. I got that one. Uh, Cage grunts. Maybe. Oh, actually, he did grunt when he when he, when he landed alive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, subtitles no. Cage in jail no. But I got, in addition to bingo, I have, uh, including the middle space, 15 total crossed off. All right, so no explosions, no Vegas, no billiards, no time jump, no gambling, no Twin Peaks. 
No, bingo. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 with the free space. You're, we're always closely <laughs> together. It's just that I get luckier. Yeah. That's all it is. No, I, I rarely pick a good card. That's what it comes down to. So go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Find all 24 of our shows. We'll be back in two weeks for the frozen ground here on Cage Club Revisit. We'll be back in four weeks for the Humanity Bureau. Uh, go check out our Zondali episode from two weeks ago. Soon, in the next month sometime, we will have Into the Spider-Verse, yes. a full episode. We'll also probably revisit that sooner rather than later just because it's so good. Yeah. But, you know, I also I also wonder if we should save that because it is so good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows? We could do a, um, we could do like a two-part cartoon thing with that and Teen Titans superhero. The good ones, yes. Cartoon superheroes. But go to, just go to cageclub.me, email mailbag at cageclub.me, go to patreon.com slash cageclub. If you write in, you know, we've got a couple extra of these uh, Raising Arizona pins that co-host of Monkey Club, Christian Larson, sent us. We had both bought mm-hmm. them, and he sent us two. If you write in, if you listened all the way to the end of the episode, write in, we'll mail you one. Awesome. Yeah. People don't write in. Well, maybe that'll give them some incentive. We should say that at the beginning of the episode. No, because I want people to listen to the end. No, we should tell them to make sure and listen to the end for a very special announcement. I think we've tried that. We've also said (laughs) at the beginning of every Hanks and Cruise episode, email us and we'll send you a prize. No one has. All right. I don't know. Whatever. We'll find our fans eventually. But cageclub.me, just poke around. Uh, Come back in two weeks for The Frozen Ground. Hope you enjoyed City of Angels, this weird, weird movie. That I, I do want to give us a little bit of credit, though, Mike. As the movie went on, yep. we talked more about the movie. We, yeah. did our, we did our normal, like, spend an hour talking about literally anything but what we're watching. Yeah. But then but as we, the movie you know, sort of came together, we, still we get got into there it. again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go to cageclub.me, poke around, mailbag at cageclub.me, and patreon.com slash cageclub. We'll see you in two weeks for The Frozen Ground, right here on Cage Club Revisited. <laughs>